1: Hello Egg Chasers! It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're back here as we are every single Monday, 52 weeks of the year, into our ninth season. And do you know one milestone we didn't mark last week? Go on. Our 600th episode. Is that right? Wow! Uh, Yeah, the last, so, the first of our two podcasts last week was our 600th episode, so, um, yeah, belatedly, congrats.
2: Thank you, well done Tim oh, yeah, well, well done well, everyone Well done JB Could Hang on, hang on,
3: hang on It'll be 599 for me Yes It'll be a lot less for you two it'll, you saying?
2: It'll be probably about 570
3: for me Something like that So today is my 600 yes. So congratulations what, what, me What's the only one? You missed one when you were on your honeymoon? Yeah And I regret it this how, how
1: many have I missed? Have I... You have not couple. missed many. You've you you've missed a handful. This might be my six hundredth. I'm a bit you, more laissez-faire
2: with my
3: uh, very lazy attendance. Mate. Very much so.
1: Anyway, that that just means you have uh, another five hundred. Well, no, as of today, another six hundred and one episodes. You can go back and listen to. It's granny, isn't it? It'll be. I mean, th- there won't be quite as much context and um, <laughs> and relevance to what's going on. <laughs> but you're welcome to. But for listening now and for listening for however long you have listened, thank you very much. And you can find us. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can you can uh, show your appreciation if you have any by just hitting subscribe, by telling your mates, by leaving a five-star review, or by going to patreon.com forward slash Egg
3: Chasers. And mm-hmm. um, thank you very much for the support. How are you, JB? I'm very well, thank you. I have spent the weekend in Cheltenham and Gloucester, not the Building Society, uh, but actually going to King's Home, and it is awesome. It is awesome. So I have to exclude... The the AJ Bell from, from this equation, because the AJ Bell, of course, <laughs> is the most awesome place to watch any rugby. <laughs> but my God, did I enjoy Gloucester. It was so, so good. Uh, I'm not sure if it was full to capacity, but it felt very, very full. Uh, it was awesome. And Absolutely awesome. Great weather for it. The weather was ace. S- and a great
2: game for it in the end.
3: Yeah, it really was. And we'll talk about the game more yep. in detail later but the pubs are on there i love the very oldie worldy mm. um, it's, pro- it's just a proper rugby experience I, yeah. I i would say i recommend going to gloucester but there's no point in saying i recommend going to gloucester because it's full so you can't go basically but if you do if you are uh, uh, lucky enough to get the opportunity to go to home for a premiership match day or, or european day just go
2: it's brilliant. If you're lucky enough to get tickets off Jamel Ford Robinson, like, I don't like talk JB about. was. I don't <laughs> want to talk about where I get my tickets from. <laughs> I did notice on your Disbury Tok H top, you've got a very
3: nice Gloucester pin badge. I do have a Gloucester pin badge. It's what, lovely, Gloucester that. Badge. I've got. Yeah, this is the only downside to Gloucester, okay? The club shop, not what it should be. Ooh, not interesting. Well,
1: well, I will just stand up for Gloucester here. I'll, I'll say hello to Phil as well, briefly. How you doing, Phil? <laughs> hello, Tim. Very, um, well, very well, thank I you. I will stick up for Gloucester because... One time when I stayed there work after working on a game, and I was in a hotel near the the like like one of those MacArthur Glen outlet places, yeah, and I started to waste a couple of hours went and got a coffee and had a uh, and had a stroll around uh, and they have a they have a Gloucester
3: shop in you, there you are right, you are right, so I went to the one in the ground, I was disappointed because I could only get a pin badge, I wanted cufflinks and a tie and all sorts of things right, <laughs> but I th- remember talking to Steve Vaughan and he was at Gloucester, and I think that was his baby to get. A outlet, sorry, a shop in the outlet. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. you, are, yeah yes. you are right. They, they've, yeah, they have got some commercial sense. But I'm just saying, I want stash, I want trinkets, I want all sorts of bits and pieces. And the only thing I can get is a pin badge. But it goes to my wasp pin badge, my cell pin badge, uh, I've got bath one. I think that's it, actually.
1: I, I'm just going to mention, talking to Stash, I, I'm I'm wearing a lovely Canterbury hoodie. Oh, yeah, same one I, I was
2: wearing the other week. Yeah, same the one equivalent. you were wearing the
1: other week. Which, I mean, this is, what? This must be like six years old now.
3: At yeah. least. From when they used to At like least us. six years old. It
1: still looks good. Well, an update on that. Canterbury reached out because they've heard you saying when they used to like us. They said they still like us. Well...
3: Yeah, like they'll, they'll put their stash where their mouth is. What they actually said was, um, it's good to hear you're, um,
1: you're still making use of uh, of our stuff, and if you have any more DIY jobs to do, uh, we'll send you some gear. Or, oh, wonderful. Or, and they and they said, all for CrossFit. So, and, yeah. And, and just on that for a second, I need to ask Phil something. Phil, or not, will you pl- will you make sure you are completely... Uh, ruthless in not letting me and JB talk about CrossFit too much because it has been mentioned by some, some people I trust.
3: So, what? We're just top class athletes. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what the problem is.
2: While I'm not part of the cult, I do quite enjoy your chats on CrossFit. Mm. so I, But I will, well, we, I'll we, try and rein it in.
3: Well, we did ours today upstairs, didn't we? We
2: so, did. We yeah. got it out of, well, you two got it out of your
3: systems. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of the sad things about, uh, com- about <laughs> CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a lot of sad things about CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, camouflage yeah, yeah. kit, mainly. So I did, I went to their offices and I did this really, really good interview. Not because of me, because of um, the guy in Canterbury. And it's a guy who uh, basically designs all of the kit. I went through the history of the kit and how it was all mm. made. It was brilliant, and I recorded it, and I lost the recording, so it oh. was like a missing one of Ripper Engine. I mean, called it oh. back, but yeah, that was um, like that, and
2: and the Sia Khaleesi Recording that we did in Monaco.
3: The two missing recordings. Oh yeah. wow, that was such an am- oh man! It's like the Bitcoin that's gone missing in the uh, Cardiff <laughs> in the Cardiff landfill. It's the same, same kind of value. Well, <laughs> uh, as we mentioned on a pod a couple of months back,
1: we I think we credited Canterbury with being the having the best stash overall when you look down the years and I'm just looking mm. at that Japan shirt from the 2015 World Cup behind and your line, shoulder Lions uh, in the corner the Lions from 2019 uh, 17, 17
2: possibly
3: the best Georgia top
1: Georgia
2: Georgia's oh. lovely yeah. the Bath not that's that's a oh yeah the
1: Bath that's a uh, centenary that's a nice
2: Bath shirt but that's a uh, supporter shirt yeah. the centenary one that I've got is a masterpiece it's An incredible masterpiece. it is stunning mm.
3: Yeah. Yes. anyway hey. so some rugby yeah yes. lots of, lots of rugby going on. Hey, can we start with um can we start with some regional rugby? Of course. Of course. And we'll get back to regional rugby, but I just like this story. So, I was going through um I was going through rugby Twitter on oh, Saturday dear. morning. Oh. And this is from Burke's RFU. Danny Pratt hangs up his boots for the last time. So, this gentleman Danny Pratt who had a Single season, single season at wasps, but is basically a, a Reading stalwart. Is hanging up his boots at age? 59. I, I think I saw this. Yeah,
1: fifty nine. Good effort. Yeah. He's still. He's not. He can't be playing for the first team, there? He must be like vets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, or he could, could
2: still be rocking out for third or fourth uh, team.
1: I mean, there's, there must be a couple. Well, we'll, we'll talk about another uh, stalwart in, in a minute. But that's an amazing achievement. Fair play,
3: isn't
2: it? it? I, I assume. Frat? I don't know. I assume he's a front rower.
3: Must be. Must be. No, he's a second rower, I think. A second rower or, or back rower. Yeah, he's six foot seven, I think I remember from the uh, right, okay. little writer. Yeah,
2: yeah, six, seven. Six, seven, bloody
3: hell. Wow. Yeah, so, um, awesome. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. And a nice way for Reading to bounce back after their crushing loss to um, <laughs> Aylesbury. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh,
1: to the coach of Reading, who I know listens to this podcast, and via my brother, uh, my brother said, oh, they weren't happy you mentioned that Aylesbury result. that's the They were top of the league and then they lost to third place and that knocked them off the top. Uh, and that's the only time we've ever mentioned Reading. So I will mention Reading again and say they got a good Derby win against Reading Abbey uh, in their league this weekend, and that puts them back in contention, still in contention, potentially with four games to go to try and topple Stowe on the world in uh, their Level Seven competition. So all the best. With that yeah, one. Well, at least
3: it's not Marlowe. Eh? So. Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone hates Marlowe. Everyone hates Marlowe. It's a <laughs> fact.
1: Um, uh, what else he's got? Pre- uh, Preston Grasshoppers ninety nine. Uh, Kirby Lonsdale nil. Yeah, mm. miserable, isn't it?
3: That uh, there is, I think as everyone's got back to rugby, some teams have adapted to it much quicker than others. I, I can't believe Kirby haven't adapted to it that well, actually, because I played up there a, a lot. It's a mm. very solid, solid rugby club. Uh, they often had the better of better of Broughton Park. Uh, it just feels odd that they're getting so you know, so badly beaten. Is it that they're
2: in a league that is stretched too far for them, under normal circumstances, and then you add the
3: yeah, maybe. COVID. I, I'm not entirely sure what's, what's going on there, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, not not great, that. Mm. And the relegation promotion situation has been sorted, as in some teams may be up, some teams may be going down, but my word, I think there are a lot of teams that need to go down for their own benefit. As well, well yeah, as and hopefully you know,
1: that will get sorted, but that actually leads nicely onto, let's deal with this, because, I mean... The RFU have only this week, with a couple of, with a, with a handful of rounds remaining in the season they've had since September, uh, but only now have they sorted out at every level where there will be and will not be promotion or relegation. In the case of the championship, as it stands, nobody will be getting promoted.
2: No. As it as it currently stands. Yes.
1: Yeah. So what? Rather than <coughs> I, I don't know whether we would give various shades of the same opinion i thought first let's try and steel man the rfu here let's try and let's try and find the strongest possible argument that the rfu have done absolutely the right thing and there's uh, and uh, it's beyond question what, what would you what, what would the what would you say if you were dest- if you were trying to steel man the rfu uh,
3: well I, rules are rules uh, these are not new rules either they've been around for a long long time and you might say that the applications to go up by these teams were done so in bad faith because they knew they couldn't uh, fulfil the requirements. They've handed in their, their applications and they've been rejected, just as they knew that they would. And now they get to make a big so, so, uh, a big song and dance about it. I am struggling to see what, what else it could be, actually. I, I can't well, think...
2: So there's, there's two things. There's obviously there's the rule of 10,001... Um, spectators for the home ground but there's the reason behind the rule and that's where i'd go with this because what is the objective of the having the ten thousand and one? because it's not a regulation re- regulation requirement mm-hmm. there's the there are um i can't remember the name of it but the the standards for sports grounds in the uk but they're not applicable to rugby and they're not applicable if your ground is less than ten thousand fans anyway. No. So that's it's a criteria that has been set almost arbitrarily by PRL and the RFU rather than something that has a legitimate objective. I'll
1: try and still man it. Again, this is before I give my opinion. I'd just try if I was still manning the RFU's position and PRL's position, um it's it's not of any service to Premiership rugby to have a club which doesn't have all the finances and infrastructure in place to be able to land and compete from day one. So that, that, that would be a steel man
2: argument. That would be my, um, if I was giving the most charitable perspective to PRL, RFU. Um, I'm still not entirely sure. Obviously, PRL and the RFU are both involved in setting the rules, and yeah. it was, PR, it was well, RFU. PRL
3: who... don't actually know. So if you phoned up uh, prim- Premiership Rugby, I know a guy who has this week. And has got the standard premiership response, which is gobbledygook. <laughs> I, they don't know but, if they're setting the rules, if. They, they just don't know. They, they, they really don't know. Well, it's, it's supposedly
1: if, done independent of PRL.
3: Why would it be the, independent? This, indeve-
2: but, this investigation was independent yeah. of PRL. Oh, okay. No, there
3: there, there but, is an, another more practical element to this, which is they might just want. Just, they might have want, want, wanted to dangle the carrot to everyone that promotion might be an option, knowing it's not just so people are interested in the league. And to a large degree, that would have worked because we've been talking about this league now. For... But then
2: why, why announce it before the end of the season? Because well, that, yeah. that doesn't make... But it just, just yeah, kill to, the end of the season. Yeah, you, you've killed the end of the season. Just back to that, that steel man and the, the most charitable perspective. So, and I do, I get that take that um, PRL... RFU have had their fingers burnt by so many clubs in the past failing. Look at London Welsh and Yorkshire Carnegie or Leeds Carnegie and Oral and Waterloo going back longer, London Scottish, Richmond, West Hartlepool, etc, etc. And they've had one success, really, when you think of things, that is Exeter. And Exeter were financially totally committed to that that move up. So the most charitable explanation would be They want a team who is totally committed. Um, And this is... Now, the rejection that was announced by the RFU, it only announced one criteria that they'd failed, which was the capacity criteria, but they did refer to other factors. And so if this one criteria is one factor in a suite of factors that is designed to make sure the best-equipped, only the best-equipped team that can... Get up and compete long term makes it up. Then I can see that argument, yeah. but w- right now we don't have enough information to determine that because so unlike other, rugby, the, uh, l- l- the lack of transparency just... in rugby governance, I, I I'm shocked. <laughs>
3: exactly, yeah. they, and, they are
2: unknown.
3: And rugby has had its fingers burnt before, hasn't it? By upstarty teams showing up and getting absolutely spanked up and going down again.
2: Yeah, yeah. and, and ha- having long-term consequences like all those teams I mentioned before. It was not just you get up to the top the league and then fall away and stay in the second league. A lot of those teams were on the brink of total obliteration and in some cases were
3: obliterated. <laughs> I, I, I do think part of that... I'm oh, sorry, go on, David. Yeah, I was just going to say, on, on the stadium rule as well, I think a lot of time it's counterproductive. And I get they want to look like big boys in sports... And they worship where football 's gone, so every time they have a problem, they just copy well what you know, 's football done and they 've got a solution off the shelf so that 's roughly how they work, and then they kind of mix into the um, mix into the whole situation a few bits that they like for American sports too, like you know the salary cap and whatnot so you 've got this 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 mixture but it doesn 't strike me as obvious that london Welsh playing in Oxford just to meet the stadium criteria is a much better option. Than playing at Old Deer Park.
2: Well, that so that was that's an interesting thing because if you go back to 2012 when London Welsh uh, first got promoted to the Premiership, they that, they were initially rejected because yeah. at the time took so them to court. Yeah, and there, there was an appeal which I suspect there will be here from Doncaster and Ealing because and I don't understand the full facts of the case, but one of the things there was. They didn't have primacy of tenure, and the, the criteria that they failed on was primacy of tenure. Now they challenge that to say, um, well, what does that? What is the legitimate objective of primacy of tenure to their success in the league? And were successful on appeal. Now that has led to PRL changing that yeah. factor to the factor that we see now: ten thousand one fans, yeah. which also could be an arbitrary. Factor that could potentially be challenged going forward by yep. either Ealing or Doncaster, and, and, and
1: I think is arbitrary. Well, it should be challenged on that basis because here's the thing: every time you look at it, and it's it's that um, it's, it's it's run like a cartel. I was going to call it an actual cabal, but it's it's run like a cartel in in the sense that all the odds are stacked so heavily against it. The shareholders are the 13 clubs that are currently in the Premiership. They, in one way or another, mark their own homework. you <laughs> have seen set times. their own rules. There's even a talk, and it has, this hasn't been confirmed either. We don't have the details on this, but there's been talk, and it hasn't been confirmed or denied by anyone. That whoever comes up will have to pay 25 million pounds to to, um, to, buy a just to just to buy a stake and go into the league. And so it, it just it, every, it, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, sometimes it's a duck, and it, it looks like a, it looks. From where I sit, as cartel-like behaviour,
3: which I have no problem with, uh, well, I, d-
1: it, I I do because it, they're, well, they're meant to be operating within a pyramid that the RFU run. This is where the the ownership of the PRL separate from the RFU, but the RFU are meant to be looking after everybody. Yeah. It's it's and a th- mess.
3: I think the, and the more important point, or not more important point, but the point I would make is it's not fair to dangle the carrot and pretend there's a process when there's not you know yeah. just be honest about it it's a closed league you're not invited and if you do want to come in you've got to pay us 20 million quid because that's what we value value this up okay fine i'd understand that i don't get the messing about and just playing with people's wallets as well as their quite. emotions and everything else quite exactly it, it has
1: the feeling of we've we've decided the outcome we want and we're going to work back from there but all the time Giving the illusion that that's not what yeah. you've decided because the,
3: the Premiership presumably like no we're we're, we're good thanks uh, we don't really want to do you want
1: to dilute your shares by oh, Phil could mm-hmm. do the maths what's uh, um, one thirteenth
3: well you are already uh, well it's not one one thirteenth six eight, eight, eight percent eight, yeah, yeah. What, what so did you, like? you want to dilute your shares by eight percent seven and a half um, yeah. no would you like even less less uh, centralised commercial revenue no not really. You know, all these things play in. So I'm not sure the premiership wants to expand anyway. The RFU kind of know that they can't make them expand, but they've got to give the impression that they're in charge. And but,
2: like, cartel, then there are quite strict laws and regulations on anti cartel and anti competition behaviours that you've got to be pretty <sighs> careful. And one of the things that. Uh, well, the salary re-
3: cap would come into that. Which bit? All of it. I mean, there's a strong argument to say the salary cap itself is not legal.
2: I mean that that was tested by Saracens and that test failed. Sorry, go on. Uh, in uh, Saracens, in their uh, the oh, right, Dyson right. report, yeah. they tried arguing that the salary oh, cap yeah, was yeah, yeah. anti-competition sorry. and therefore illegal.
3: Yes, sorry, and, and that, that, yeah, but that argument would have failed, failed. That would have failed the test. Of the premiership, the premiership rules. But actually, if someone did really seriously take no, the premiership to court over this... Well,
2: no, Saracen's tried. They, they threatened anti-EU competition law as part of that process. But they never took them to court over... They, they didn't, you're right. Yeah. But they've had one of the highest um, judges in the land um, comment on that. So it would no. be a brave man to overturn that.
3: Yeah, true. Um, anyway, yeah... I, I imagine that probably by the lesser of the law it is, there is some law that they're breaking. I'm not sure, actually. Is there?
2: Um, so there's a very good article, um, as ever, with these things, by Ben Cisneros, yep. um, Ruby and the Law, speaking about it. And it, I'm not sure there is, but they're probably skirting close to the line on anti-competition laws, depending on what... Because we don't know... The full transparency of the process that they've set out. We only know what which element has failed or which element uh, Ealing and, and Doncaster have failed on. And it is just the
1: um, attendance thing. Well, Saracens were admitted to the Premiership for this season with a with a capacity of eight and a half thousand. I'd be Beca- because uh, this is where they they bent the PRL said, "Oh, we'll let that one go because you, you it's only down to eight, <laughs> Yeah, it's only down to eight and a half thousand because you're extending capacity so it will be for one season and then you'll be above but on that basis to make to avoid a London Welsh this would be my argument well as long as there are fixed commitments in place where in the case of Doncaster we have a capacity of 5,180 something uh, and, and, a, and a ground good enough for the RFU to say please will you host some England women's and England under 20s mm. games there uh, uh, if they had a. Uh, oh, let's have a look at your plans. Oh, you've got a three year plan to have temporary seating, which will become temporary seating, by the way, which Bath, Bath have used for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got temporary seating in the short term for the games that require it um, and something more permanent over time. Surely that would be preferable for rugby than taking a load of money from the game and handing it to Doncaster Rovers Football Club yeah what, bottom line what 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 is the objective what is the objective if the objective is to grow the game, why would you push people to stretch themselves beyond their means? you 're a, fi- think- a financial advisor and you understand this
3: yeah, Co. independent financial advisors Quite. Pen- pensions and investments you all interested um no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right on that
1: so we'll, we'll watch this one but um yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, understandably there's a lot of people a bit miffed about this and for for, for no other reason than it's the Championship's into round 18 out of 20 rounds before a decision's been made. The poor players that have just given all that all year and the coaches and, and the supporters that have gone along. Yeah, It's just it's shameful that, the thing that we're I, here. I
3: mean, you, The Championship has proven itself this year to be a very compelling competition and it could still be a compelling competition without promotion. But they need to know that. You can't build a competition based on promotion if there's no promotion. And you can't build a competition with promotion if... Your rival can't go up anyway. So, what was the point? What was the
1: point? What they would argue is going back to the start is these rules were there, and you. But but the point is, is why are the rules there? As Phil said, and yeah, and it it does.
2: So that just looking at the articles, so that um, the law that governs it. um, If I just find it now, uh, there you go. The law that governs it. And this is something I mentioned before you need to have the restriction of competition is inherent in the pursuit of a legitimate objective, and that this is the bit that will be challenged I think from what I've read and understand on it that is is the ten thousand and one is it an arbitrary figure or is it in the pursuit of a legitimate objective by making it ten thousand one you would force those clubs to um adhere to a higher set of regulations. Because it's over ten thousand, but why should they? Why should they expand their ground to be held to a higher standard of regulation where that is not necessary? Yeah. If if they're not expecting to get more than ten thousand people in, why should they f- force to a high, Be forced to adhere to a higher standard?
1: And it's a ground, as I say, that the RFU have said, can we hold some England under twenties games? Out? It's a cracking ground. It, They've got one really international- good stand, fantastic old yeah. school clubhouse. Women's international games. It would be an awesome atmosphere on a Saturday. Which would then encourage more people to turn up. The, the flip side of that is, Wasps has got an, an amazing facility, but is... Uh, uh, is it the best match day experience? Well, Atmosphere-wise, it's a tough one. I of the problem I with, know, it's a cool experience. It's a very wasp. cool, it's cool experience yeah, I love it and a great great facility.
2: But part of the problem with Wasps and um, Ely, in fact, because of the geographical location, that would not be a problem for Doncaster is... Ealing are obviously on that patch of West London. Wasps are now in that East Midlands patch, which is a rugby hotbed, but it's already saturated. in well, they West Midlands, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're close enough. Well, yeah. yeah. But I've, I've been to Leicester Tigers before, and I've sat next to blokes who have travelled for 30 years from Coventry to watch yeah. Leicester Tigers. Is yeah. <laughs> so Whereas Doncaster, you've got this enormous part of Yorkshire that does not have... Well, Yorkshire in itself is enormous. You've got the entire best
3: te- rugby talent on the planet. Enormous coming in, coming out enormous
2: of talent that out is Yorkshire. currently untapped and you've got the the death of Yorkshire Carnegie, Leeds Carnegie, Leeds Tykes, whatever you want to call them, headingly. Mm. That is is ripe and there is uh, the potential for an academy there. Yeah. Like yeah. that that's if you want to grow the game. I can see why Why would even, you
3: not want to target that? I can see why they don't, they don't want Ealing though. I can really see that because like it's, like saturated. But, they might... Yeah. Ealing might turn around and say, we don't want an academy. It, does, it doesn't work for us. We'll operate a completely independent one and we'll go and... Pu- we'll Poach the best talent. Every single player that we can. Yeah. that's what they're able to do now. I, I get that, mm.
1: but I, I guess I'd go back to the point is it, sh- it is, shouldn't be for other clubs to say, we don't want this or we do oh, want okay, that. If, if they're going to do that, make it like the NFL and just be honest about it, yes. which is your point. Yeah, Be, be honest also. about it. We're closing the shop. We'll, if we expand, it, it'll be because we want to and we will decide who and when and how and at least everyone knows what it is I, I might not like I won't like it but at least I'll know at least it'll feel transparent it's just it just mm. feels
3: and selling the franchise isn't anything new either uh, it's kind of me that they value it so high which tells me they don't want to expand it rather than you know, it's a genuine offer. Mm. But well,
2: they don't want to expand it unless you meet these criteria and then you can come in. Uh, there is one yeah. suggestion
1: that's been been floated as well which would solve several issues because one of the things, say, oh, when, you drop, when a team drops down, the standard's not high enough. Part of that is because all of the money is in the top and none of it filters down and the RFU have been steadily cutting and cutting the funding of the lower clubs. There's no TV money, etc, etc. Et well, no, no, that's fine. But... The other issue is, they're talking about expanding, that's more games, when actually all the suggestion is there should be fewer games. Two 10-team leagues, mm-hmm. with much like France, with some of the television rights money, some of the commercial money being spread to the second tier, makes more better teams in the second division and um, a scope to increase the quality overall. And actually, you jettison some of the teams that never want to be full-time pro high-quality teams that are maybe towards the bottom of the championship and you have a a bigger crossover between the top and the second league
3: i don't know and you have fewer games i don't like to i don't like two standards of elite competition there's one standard of elite competition and it's it's elite that'd be my problem with it i i'd have no interest in watching sale in the bottom 10 for instance and that could quite easily happen Mm. but like the french pro d2 don't want it but I don't want that. You know, I can see why you'd want it, and you're more than more than welcome to it. But I don't want it. So yeah, in, t- uh, in terms of for me, it's in
2: terms of improving the depth of talent available and giving uh, roots up for more and more people. Definitely get the benefit of that. It's then a question of finances because yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to reach into the RFU's pocket yeah, to spend apparently. on that.
3: And also, what are the RFU doing here, right? So, I, unless you are a club providing a service to the RFU, so. A classic example of that is the England players are an actual service; they're looked after by um, the clubs. Uh, you know, it's them, it's the clubs that develop them. Although some might argue it's the schools that develop them, or you know, some, something else. I can see why the RFU pays the Premiership clubs to do that. Fine. If you decide that you are a professional rugby club rather than amateur rugby club, I don't think you should take any money from the RFU. Oh, I'm Zero. actually on with that. We have Zero. talked about that
1: before. I agree with that. Yeah. Just one thing: there's a buzz on the
3: line. Uh oh. Uh oh. Let's all fiddle with our microphones until it goes.
1: Still there, Phil, can use photo cool. yours?
3: Yeah, it's that one. There you go. Take it
1: out, Take it out and put it back in. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> we on? I think we're all right. Okay, again. fine. Good. Um, Good, right. okay, well, cool. We'll, 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 this isn't the end of it. It's not. It, we'll, Ridiculously, just... it will get even closer to the end of the season before anyone knows what's happening next hey, year. No, I,
2: if, if I was... Unbelievable. If I, would, if I was Eland and Doncaster, I would be planning... Uh, so, if I was the high-ups, I would be planning an appeal right now. If I was the players... I would be expecting an appeal, and potentially successfully. And I was joking with a um, friend of the pod and brilliant legal mind, Ollie Poole. Amazing over, legal mind. Over the weekend, one of the best legal minds of a generation, of, <laughs> of, of all time. Not, not uh, just gen- uh, I'm not it, just going to confine It goes, him. literally
3: goes, uh, um, Ali McBeal, Toadfish, Ollie Poole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of joking that, obviously, PRLRFU had their fingers burnt by a cartel style challenge, anti competition challenge in twenty twelve, which led them to change the rules that is also seemingly leaving them open to an anti competition style challenge. So you'd think if you're gonna be a cartel, you'd want better lawyers.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you Like number buy, one task if you're gonna be a cartel. <laughs> give them a call. <laughs> Do you deal with OPEC? Perfect.
2: Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. who we need. That's who you want.
3: Uh, there was something I was going to say. Yeah, remind me to talk about women's rugby late, uh, later on. I've, I've got some things to say. Sounds interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay. But let's um, uh, talk about the premiership.
1: Yeah, go on then. we got this, uh, some stick at Kings over Then You were there. Yeah. Uh, you, you loved the experience. Look at- an important game which has put Saints probably out of contention for top four. Saints
3: are idiots. I mean, there's no other word for it. <laughs> yes. I, they were, at some, at some points they were brilliant. Uh, and at other points, they're just so flawed and they're such a brittle team. They're, I don't know what goes on there because if you think about the leaders they have, they have two international captains on, on, on the playing staff. Mm-hmm. Two. They've got an array of just beautiful players. I'm going to have to stop you. Oh, The
1: buzz is back. It's um, a, little, a little marker. Mm. Sorry.
3: To come in. Yeah, so they've got some beautiful players. So I, w- I watched this game with my brother-in-law who is not particularly a rugby guy and even he... Notice the majesty, which is Hutchinson playing. Just the way he moves and snakes about. I love seeing
2: Hutchinson at fifteen. He's good everything. as well.
3: Yeah, good at everything.
2: He, he's he's a great runner. He's a beautiful balance runner. We haven't yes. said that.
1: We're saying that more again recently. Recent, we, we haven't have.
2: said it for a while. And we we pointed out a few weeks ago. Yeah, or yeah. A couple of months it, like ago that he's the had a couple of months came onto the scene incredibly led to Scotland call up. Had a couple of drier seasons, but he was playing a lot of his rugby at twelve, wasn't yeah. he? Where he, Perhaps you don't get to see the best of his running game in that position. I know Northampton do, they play a way that would more suit him at 12, but 15 is a nice nice position for him.
3: Yeah, so Northampton made a few mistakes. God knows what they were thinking for that line-out, which led to the first Gloucester try. That was just a catastrophic error, catastrophic (laughs) failure. It happens. That's what gets Gloucester... In fact, that, that might be what wins it for Gloucester, actually. That and Lewis Rees-Samit, who just manages to score important tries at important times. Mm. He'd
2: only been on the pitch for yeah. 30 seconds and two minutes.
3: Say, so I sat next to his mum. Nice. Fact, what, his, what did she do when he scored? Uh, they went wild. The whole family went wild. Oh, good they are all. huge Lewis Rees-Samit fans. And I sat next to Jamal Ford-Robertson's mum, who is a lovely lady. And let me tell you right now, she is a massive Jamal fan. Unbelievable <laughs> fan.
2: So you were in the middle of a double-barrel Gloucester player mother sandwich.
3: Well, so I assume I was sitting where the family sits because I got the tickets from Jamal. Yeah. So I was giving um, my brother in well, Which James you don't like
1: to talk about. It. It's just you're only mentioning that because like, Phil brought it up earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So He I, I wouldn't have mentioned well, it otherwise.
3: I was trying to tell James like who these players were, what they do, so on and so forth. But then I thought, I've got to be kind of... Either just complimentary. Yeah. Complimentary about everybody. Yeah. And ignore certain aspects of the game or I, think, well, I just don't well not know like who's around. <laughs> I well I had
1: that when um some my, my brother's premiership debut was for London Irish at Welford Road um against Leicester.
3: London Irish and okay. And uh Nick how oh, and your prim- your brother's premiership de- debut was Sale Sharks wasn't it?
1: No no he went he was he, he had a Spell on loan at London Irish from Nottingham. Ah. they they had some injuries, Bob Casey or whatever it was. That is that era. So anyway, Nick went in and and he, he he played for a couple of months at London Irish, and he started. And I was there at the Premiership debut for London Irish against Leicester, and Nick put in an absolute monster hit on Jordan Crane. And I went, oh yes, have that, and and then I just got a really dirty look over the shoulder. And, Jordan Crane's family was sat right of in course. front of me. <laughs> of course. So, Lovely yeah. family. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> didn't have,
3: didn't, I, I didn't just say that, by the way. But anyway. I had money on Northampton to win as well, which looked like a solid bet until the very end. So Northampton had the better of them in almost every area except for the scrum. The scrum was fascinating because they had prepared for this. Uh, and then, Northampton had? No. Gloucester prepared for Northampton's scrum. Okay. So they were doing some very neat things, particularly to uh, Aaron Painter, who got an absolute hiding. Bearing in mind he's only there to scrimmage and he's enormous. Yes. He got battered. Like, really? It was so predictable. Every scrum he was popping up, he was, you know, showing at the ref. I- I'm surprised it wasn't a penalty right. every single time. So
1: we are compared to the, you know, elite rugby coaches, we are simpletons. We well. we, we know a little bit about <laughs> rugby, but compared to them we are simpletons. Yeah. As our other fans and it seems like everyone else can spot this and has spotted this for year <laughs> yeah, after year yeah. after year with Northampton, but it hasn't been addressed.
3: They're terrible. They are a terrible scrummaging team. There's no ifs or if ifs or buts about it.
2: But they've spent they've thrown money at the problem. They brought in a Franks, they've brought in uh was it Marafu? A pair of Franks, yeah. yeah. Pair of francs. Oh no, that
1: was London Irish brought in a pair of francs. Did they bring in the pair of francs? They they, they 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 both did. No, they both did. Yeah. Yeah. How on? No, no, I can't remember. No, Northampton only did one franc. No, no, Northampton Northampton both. both.
2: (laughs) But they brought in Painter and Paul Hill, who are the best young English tight in England, at or were um, believed to be at a point in time. They brought in big second rows to try and shore everything up. None of it seems to have worked.
3: No, Kim Brooks will tell you that. Uh, one Northampton coach once upon a time when he was saying look I I, you know, I can't scrimmage or um, you know we were going backwards here what, what do I do boss and the coach said just, just push harder <laughs> just push harder it's as simple as that isn't it it's as simple as that
1: yeah. oh, and this is the club that got to those heights with well no, actually as we as we learnt the, pre- yeah. the premiership front row that won it weren't these but they nevertheless had the most fearsome scrummaging unit in Europe
2: with Tonga and Mujati you know, and, and, and Hartley as well
1: Weir, who by the way was uh, at loosehead prop against Tombridge Juddians for Chinna. Um, uh,
3: do you know who scored for Tombridge Juddians th- this weekend again? Not Hugo Watson, correct. Hugh Hugo. Watson again.
1: Oh. He's, he's almost as prolific as uh, back to the championship. Uh, Mark Bright, Mark Bright, who scored again for Richmond Did he? in a win away at Nottingham. He's unbelievable. And that pack. I mean, whoever's coaching the Richmond pack, what outstanding because because their mall just dominated Nottingham. So yeah, whoever's whoever's coaching. The Richmond um, forward pack is is one coach I would have 100%. high on my <laughs> on my uh, list of. Well, uh, I mean,
3: we've seen what a top line lineout coach can do for a, a Premiership club, you know. In uh, Skivington, it makes sense, wouldn't it? London yeah. Irish background, like, line, like, line-out guru, whoever yeah. that is, yeah. should be given a crack at the next, you know, the next job that comes <laughs> up. Um, so, um, Northampton were cutting up Gloucester at will, out, out wide. Uh, it looked like, you know it did not look like gloucester were a top four team even remotely their very vaunted defence just crumbled uh, somehow uh, northampton remembered how um, how to carry a ball even gloucester's forward pack in the mall was not was not particularly effective first off mm. and then they slowly creep back into it the re summit try gives them belief and they turn into a different team completely different team and it's all because of northampton i mean northampton they just give up mm. they're just not a tough team they're they're mentally weak, they're physically weak, they've got some nice skills, and they, and they can't scrimmage. They must be very, very good at the other things that they do, but you need your foundations, and they, they don't have it.
2: They scored some lovely tries, but to to blow a lead like that, in conditions that suited them, Yeah, I could kind of understand if it was... I, I could understand to a degree, I'd be still disappointed, but if they blow that lead, and it's three degrees, it's blowing a gale, the ground's boggy... They're not particularly set up for that kind of game, whereas Gloucester are. Mm. But they blew that lead in conditions that could not be better to suit the kind of game that they want to play.
3: Oh, Yeah, completely right. Completely right. And it's just, it's a mindset thing with them. I hate Mm. to say it, it's a mindset thing. And I don't even believe in that stuff, but I can see it. It is definitely that. When a Northampton player gets the ball, any of the backs, they looked so dangerous. Every time Mm. Tom Collins got the ball, incredibly dangerous. And they just not bothered it's a
1: week. weak <laughs> Gloucester Driving Mall doing what Gloucester Driving Mall does as well the balance between great tries and stuff but but just on that um, Rod Callan has emailed uh, contactheadchasers at gmail.com I'll try and pepper in the, um, the emails through the podcast he said uh, I appeal to you guys to correct some misinformation Ooh. that seems to be spreading there's a spate of podcasters and presenters in rugby referring to driving malls as rolling malls I wrote
3: this is a great point he's absolutely right so he said
1: the rolling mall is not used so much these days, uh, but but involves a player entering the mall, taking the ball, and rolling to the left or right. So he faces his own team. At which point a teammate latches on. That is how it used to be. It isn't it? Mm. I
3: can't remember the last time I saw a rolling mall. No,
1: uh, he he, he, uh, he points. Out, I'm not going to name the name of, uh, of a podcast. He said uh, uh, one of the worst offenders, but he does note that. Uh, <coughs> um, the, the BT Sport hosts are—they um, refer to driving malls correctly—and mm. I'll make sure that, that
3: that we do. I think we do. Yeah, yeah keeps do. All, keeps
1: on the straight and narrow. Yeah, too yeah. right.
3: Well well then. Yeah, I also met some uh, rugby luminaries out there, um, out in Gloucester. Uh, Matt, uh, newly minted uh, journalist Matt uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Kurt, and Curtis Niece. So that was mm. very very nice. We had more than a few beers. Afterwards. Shared a beer with them. Yes, we had many, many beers. Very and nice. And uh, if, if I didn't have to go for, for dinner straight afterwards, which I was not pre- well, I was not prepared for it when I went, we'd have had many, many more beers after that as well. well That's so, a shame. So you spent yeah. a bit of
1: time with uh, Jamal. You might be able to give us a little bit of an insight on an email from Billy uh, oh, to oh, contactheadchasers at gmail.com. And he just said Premiership so- so- Social Secretaries. Uh, he points out that he is the Social Secretary, uh, a role I've fulfilled several times in, mm-hmm. in my time. I, l- I love that role. Uh, he's uh billy is the social secretary for old coop cooperians Cooper, cooperians cooperians sorry i'm not saying that right um <laughs> he's whatever in, he's currently in the process of sorting out some socials for the upcoming months um phil and jb and myself could help you out with that so uh if you need any inspiration what
3: just off the top of your head what would be your number one social right now
2: oh right now uh if I was going to do fancy D- dress, Dicta- yeah. dictators, Ooh, close. <laughs> I do. I do the many faces of Justin Trudeau. That's
3: exactly what I do. Justin Trudeau social. <laughs> yeah.
2: So much range. I
3: know. Oh, that's great. The Justin Trudeau social. You could. You could have some
1: of um, like the forwards comers, like truckers
2: yes I think of everything that he's dressed up as personally yeah oh my word truckers might not be in his repertoire and there's there's definitely one or two things that I would not recommend doing well do
3: you know the Lenny Henry joke about Justin Trudeau (laughs) I've heard this it's so good he he walked on stage he goes hi I'm Justin Trudeau (laughs) 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 wonderful unbelievable brilliant anyway
1: um, he he says uh, just, just had a thought do you think premiership clubs have social secretaries and if they do who do you think
3: would would be some of some of them around the Premiership? Right, so I'm certain they will do. They do, and I'm trying to think of who Sale Sharks was. I think, I think Jonathan Mills was so was social Oh, social he'd have no, been. That good. would make sense. I'm sure yeah. he was for a few years. He'd have been a
1: good one. For, uh, friend of the pod, former stand-in for Phil.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, actually, we had a nice uh, wine tasting with with Millsy.
3: Yeah, Millsy and, and, and Briggs. Briggs.
2: And Briggsy, yeah.
3: I also have a feeling was Ed Slater something like that at Leicester. Oh, I bet
2: he's
1: very good. Yeah. Again, former basically anyone who stood in for <laughs> Phil <laughs> Social sec- uh, as a as a podcaster would make a great social secretary.
3: Can't imagine Bath have a social secretary. They're very serious. <laughs> um,
1: no, it would be Jonathan Joseph, and it's just pouring champagne. Yeah, out. maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
3: Uh, just trying to think of one more there is definitely another one that I know of. Saracens without e- doubt have a social secretary
1: Exeter 100% yes Exeter, and that's, that's probably more important for them than their captain
3: Yeah, unless everyone does that on like a rotating basis social secretary yeah I think I don't think that Saracens have a social secretary they probably have a department of socials <laughs> a very highly paid department of
2: socials Yeah, with a social director yeah and a an unlimited budget yeah <laughs> uh,
1: just finally I've got to mention uh, Billy says um, and I've got to mention this he said um, this weekend we had the inaugural game for the Scott Sarson Memorial Cup which was completed by Old Coops and Upminster uh, as he played for Upminster as a youth player and Old Coops as a senior we decided to have a Bledisloe slash Calcutta Cup arrangement between the clubs in his name. An amazing day, which included five of his mates running the match ball 45 miles from his old para barracks in Colchester there to hell. the game in Cranham. A great day for all involved and awesome. a pro- an appropriate way to celebrate and remember a great man. Mm. Oh,
3: well done, nice. guys. Superb. Great work.
1: Let the boys play.
2: Mm. Uh, Bledis- but so on, on that, he mentioned Bledisloe in Calcutta. How many other... Uh, Club match trophies, I sorry, country match trophies. Can you name? So Bledisloe would be one. Calcutta, which is obviously Australia, New Zealand.
1: Um, yeah.
3: The uh, Cal- Garibaldi. Yeah, yeah. Giuseppe Garibaldi. Uh, sh- the uh, isn't it the Dove Shield or something ridiculous? That they invented for England Wales. Dove oh. Shield. The, uh, they they just invented one a whole cloth for England Wales.
2: What's this? What's the Centenary Quake? quake? Quaith, Something like Something uh, like is that island Scotland?
3: I don't know, but I'm sure they just came up with like the Dove trophy. The, there's the
2: Ragdoll one, which is Scarlet's...
3: Oh, Bath. that's a great one, yeah. Scarlet's oh, back.
2: So that's, yeah, that's, um, club. that's a club. Yeah, I'm thinking one. of the international ones. Uh, international ones.
3: There's got to be a Mandela between All Blacks and... There'll
2: definitely be, yeah. Mandela, Mandela I've got the list up, here we go. Yeah. Mandela Challenge Plate.
3: That must be All Blacks and South Africa.
2: Not All Blacks. Australia? Australia, South Africa. Yep. Yeah, okay. South Africa, New Zealand is um, almost ironic with New Zealand. It's the Freedom Cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Centenary Quake, Quake uh, which as I understand it, Quake is a little silver whiskey dish.
3: That's right. We, we've we we've po- shared one, I
2: think. We, we partook in one at a uh, friend of the pod, CJ's wedding. Yep. And I did another one. at uh, I'm going to another Scottish wedding actually this year. Huh. So I might be doing some Quake supping from that. Uh, yeah, that is Ireland, Scotland. Millennium Trophy. That's has to be Wales, England. And right? It's not Wales. Wales Island. It's Millennium England, Trophy. England Island. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Yeah, initiated um, from nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Um, oh, as part of Dublin's millennial ce- celebrations. Oh, okay. So it found in nineteen
3: eight nine eighty eight. Yeah, whatever. Uh, uh,
2: what's the England Wales one? England Wales is. Uh, The Calcutta Cup. Uh, Sorry, England Wales. England Wales don't
3: have
1: one. Just thinking of other club ones. What's the uh, uh, the the Northampton Mobs Memorial game? Do they play the same team every year? Do they do a different game? I'm not sure. Which one? Sorry, the Mobs Memorial game. So the the Mobs thing was a little project they instilled after a bunch of lads from Northampton players uh, died in World War One. Yes. And Ed- Ed- Edgar Mobs, I can't remember his role in it or whether he was just one of those guys. And he was the captain of. It. That's right. It was a, it was a sort of a regiment or or a, a battalion or whatever it was. I don't know the technical name. Uh, where a load of sportsmen were fought and played together, and uh, I think Edgar Mobs might have been the, the senior ranking officer and a, and a, and a fine athlete as well. And. Um, a lot of them died and they ha- have a game since and they've done some amazing work as a club. Yeah, you absolutely back right. And the, the stories of those guys, but I, I don't know whether they play mm. the same team every year or,
2: or what. So on, on that note, the Old Alliance is...
1: Old uh, Alliance? Is that England-Wales?
2: A- A-U-L-D, it's not England-Wales. Old think... Alliance, so it's Scotland... Scotland... Scotland-Wales. Not Scotland-Wales. Scotland-France. Scotland-France. Ah. So that is... Um, it commemorates Scottish and French rugby players who were killed during World War I. In particular, the last captains, or the captains in the last match between Scotland and France prior to World War I, who were both killed in World War I. Wow. Eric Milroy and Marcel Bergen.
3: Wow. Any, any, is of no, any more obscure, like Andorra versus Luxembourg or something? Let's
2: have a look. Puma Trophy... Argentina versus It could be anyone really.
3: New Zealand. <laughs>
2: it's Australia. Mm, not interested in that one. Next one. Trophy de Bicentennials.
3: France versus Argentina. No. France versus someone.
2: France, it is France versus versus someone. New Zealand. Uh, no. Australia. Correct. It's to celebrate the bicentenaries of Australia it's and to celebrate
3: building submarines
2: and the French Revolution. So, wow. Austra- Australia founding as a country. And the French Revolution taking place. It
1: the guillotine was still being used in France up to like 1970 or something like that. It
2: was the 20th century, yeah. Was it
3: really? Man, mad. Mm. Mm.
2: Cup, Cook. Cup, Cook, Cup, if I can say that. England, Australia. Correct. Hope, Toon, Cup. Fiji, Samoa. (laughs) Australia, Scotland. Lansdowne, Cup. Uh, Ireland, Australia. Uh, it is correct. Very good.
1: Well, I was just working out. I, Australia seems to have one with everyone.
2: Yeah. Uh, James Bevan, trophy. Who's James Bevan? Wales, James? Australia. Correct. Yeah.
1: the <laughs> <Bloody laughs> hell, Tim. <laughs> I'm just picking different yeah. teams with Australia.
2: Uh, this is a good one. Dave Gallagher, trophy. Madagascar, Australia.
3: New Zealand, Scotland. New Zealand,
2: France it is, but named after Dave Gallagher, the famous 1905-06 all-black captain who was killed in Belgium during World War One
3: wow wow
2: Hillary Shield you know England, one.
3: Australia uh, sorry, England and New Zealand England Correct. New
2: Zealand, yes Prince William Cup
3: that well, must be Wales, Wales England?
2: against Wait, not, as far as I can tell there isn't a Wales, England not
1: Wales against Italy
3: no New Zealand, Australia
1: Well, we're a Commonwealth country Wales against Fiji no Wales against Australia I oh, know you've already said that no
2: Wales against Canada no I don't know South Africa. Oh, right. ah. Admiral no, Brown Cup. I have no idea. <laughs> Make it Brown, stop now. You're a sea,
1: <laughs> seafaring nation that's not. Uh, it was, so is it England?
2: It's not England.
1: Uh, let's go for South Africa against Argentina.
2: No, it is. So Admiral uh, Guillermo Brown was born in 1777 in Foxford, County Mayo. He emigrated at an early age, first to Philadelphia, then to Buenos Aires, so it's Ireland, Argentina, Ah. where he led the Argentinian Navy for wars of independence against the Spanish and Brazilian empires. Bloody hell. That's pretty cool. That was Hawking. Admiral Brown. What an interesting character. I'm just going to say... There's loads of these, almost every game. Tom Richards Trophy, uh, Antim Cup, Georgia, Romania. I'm
1: going to bring your convivial uh, mood down slightly and just point out one thing. Um, I, I have no problem with what world rugby have done uh, in um, effectively exiling Russia from international competition uh, I, I I just want to put just one little thing out there and it 's not Uh-oh. what it 's not what it, it's it 's not a but it 's a yes and uh, yes and um there 's actual genocide happening in China. There's there's actual Uyghur Muslims who are being killed and, um, and and stuff. We've been saying this for a while, so you know when you have when, when yeah, just be consistent in your principles. Yeah, do you know, on the um, consistent mm.
3: on the banning Russia thing, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure needs to take a stance on it really. Uh, someone mentioned that you know, we forget that you know, Russians are not Russia. So there are plenty of Russians playing play playing the game. Like Krill, what's his name uh um at Gloucester? Um, yeah, Morozov I mean, at Bath. Yeah, I think rather than banning the Russian team, which they have done. Well like the F one driver. I I well it's so murky, isn't it? Because, because oh, like, you have basically you buy your seat. And yeah, you, he's a paid money. Yeah. yeah, he's a paid driver. Where is the money coming from? But if the money was dodgy to start with, he should never have had the job to start. Mm-hmm. with. So you can't have it both ways. It's like when they're confiscating the assets of the oligarchs now. Well, if they were that bad to start with, why did we let them have the money? You know, you can't have it both both, both ways. You can't just arbitrarily t- take money from someone before you. There must be a process to prove that they've done something, d- d- mm. done something bad. Anyway, with Russia. I can see why, I don't see why rugby needs to have a stance on it. Although now they have, I can see why you ban the Russian Federation. But there should be somehow an option for these lads to play in social rugby in a non-affiliated team. Does that make sense? Yeah, if you're so like of, of, of Russian heritage and you're in Europe, there's. I don't think we should take away your opportunity to play rugby because of something which someone else has done who is not you. I, I think I agree with that.
1: I, I guess, yeah, and, and, and my, my point was only, if you are going to take a stance, then take a stance. Um, so, for example, um, the United Abra- Ar- Arab Emirates, which hosts an annual rugby tournament and lots of, uh, feeds lots of money into rugby, um, is bombing Yemen right, right now.
3: I mean, if you want to talk about... Uh, well, they're, so they're, so they're uh,
1: bombing Yemen, Ye- Yemen and um, Hong Kong... Where again, rugby has an annual, very lucrative tournament. is now part of a is is now governed by a government who are and have been, and this isn't just the, the word the, the, committing genocide on the on its own people, which in in our own houses of parliament they they describe the Uyghur, um situation as genocide, and that's happening. If you're going to have principles, and have them ac- have uh, them across the board, or don't bother. Yeah. Mm. So
3: uh, the, I guess the argument for the Russians and the oligarchs would be. They prop up the re- a regime, which is not not very nice to, to, to put it mildly. Uh, and you see the banning of Russian TV stations and all the rest of it. Now, we actually have TikTok, who is nothing more than a mouthpiece of the CPP, online, who do some very very sinister things, sponsoring the women's game. We seem to be all right with that. So it's like you say, if you're going to have, if you're <coughs> going to come out with these principles in these policies, you need to make sure that you've got all your you know. Uh, T's crossed and, I, uh, uh, and I I's dotted, and, and you know your details. Because I don't see how those things sort of all add up.
1: Was that your point on women's rugby, by the way? No, it was not.
3: No. Okay, well, let's no, let's let's, 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 talk about actual... let's talk about a different
1: game. Yeah. Yes,
2: let's go back to some rugby. Uh, sorry sorry for dragging us down that rabbit no, hole.
1: No, 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 it's fine. No, that was quite an interesting rabbit hole. Um...
0: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues
1: Saracen's Leicester huge game top of the table and, yes. a, and a
2: great game as well fantastic game really really
1: enjoyable and bro.
3: I lost some money on this so I'm <laughs> you only got two games <laughs> correct this only week only two games correct. my worst week ever it just shows how tight how tight the table is and how, how oh. tight teams
1: are I mean that's one that, I mean some people might say it shows something else but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fantastic game and a fair play Saris.
2: <clears throat> yeah a very enjoyable game as well because the way Leicester started you thought Leicester's well, gonna win this easily and then Saracens, they come back into it. Wilson-Croft scores first. And then Murray-Murivalu, so stupid. Isn't it? For, the, for the, that Lewington try, Lewington scored all day long. It was, a, it was actually a really nice move. Lovely hands from uh, Tompkins to Good to Daly, who puts the pace on it. And then lovely one um, little pass outside to Lewington going in the corner. Murray-Murivalu dives in. No arms hits him in the chest. Yep. there's no real danger, but it's just stupid. It's so avoidable, and it, it converts what was a five-point try right in the corner. It was. A, it actually um, Lewington got the conversion, so it was a seven-point try. But they get a penalty from the restart, which mm-hmm. was the right decision, um, which they slot to make it a ten-point score. Is that what he did? Is it? Yeah, they kicked Lewington Kicked the sticks from Brilliant. from the restart, so it made it. So he gets the yellow card, it makes it a 10-point score, and then they also score a try while he's off.
1: So, well, we, 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 sorry, just don't... on that very point, we've had an email from yeah. Mark
2: Woodcock, um, who was at the game, mm. and uh, he
1: said, I, I had uh, quite a bit of wolf pack uh, whilst watching <coughs> the game, so my head was a little fuzzy this afternoon. Um, can you please explain why the game wasn't restarted in the usual way after the mm. sin mm. Uh Because, as you pointed out, it was effectively 10 points because Alex Lzozowski converted the kick straight away. So, um, he says, "I haven't seen this before. Can you just explain why?"
2: Yes, in in the act of, I know I'll, I'll get the precise wording of the the law wrong here, but if in the act of scoring a try, or shortly after a try has been scored, the defensive, t- defensive team does something illegal, you can restart the game with a penalty rather than the normal kickoff.
3: Why is it not a penalty try?
2: It was already, well, it was already a try.
3: But you add the two points then, don't you? You have to kick it.
2: Yeah, but I'd r- I'd rather have the penalty and then a shot of three as well, because the try had been scored, so the ball's dead. So it's, I
3: would have the penalty try, so I have seven points, and then, and then kick. The it's kick. like
1: it's like the and one in basketball. If you if you jump to take a, a shot and someone whacks your arm to c- commits a foul, but the shot still goes in, you get the two or three points, and then and you get the then, chance to get an extra one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Whereas had you not made the shot, you would have had two shots from the free throw line as a penalty. Yes
3: I can't believe that Leicester, Leicester lost this I'm so annoyed with them They had a very good team out A very good team out Including George Ford
2: And they had a relatively stronger team than Saracens did I, I think they think.
3: did I absolutely think, think they did the, the area that Saracens should have been dominant And they probably were Is the front row I thought their front well, row But, but, but Maco Ma- went off after two minutes mm.
2: so That, <laughs> But it, they did have some good scrums still But it was fairly even in the, in the tight I think I
3: think this is like an Institutional winning mentality. you <laughs> like some institutions just know how to win, and they know how it feels. And because what? man for man, I don't think the Saracens team is as good as the Leicester team. Well, but Leicester
1: mm. Leicester have been building that as well, and we've been saying exactly the they've same about them. It. This was yeah. just a great game. But they have not won anything yet. That's I, the thing, I, I well, I think Leicester would have edged this at Welford Road, and Saracens edged this at home. I, I'm, I mm. might, I might put that, that's how even and good these sides are and uh, mm. you and I before the season were both as we mentioned a few times and we mentioned this last week were so wrong about Saracens yeah so it wrong. Is,
3: it's, it's not good for the league I don't think that a team that have been excluded from it for a year are automatically pretty much the best That's team in it uh,
2: they, I mean half of their players were still playing international rugby so it's not like they d- all of a sudden had no exposure to the top level mm. they, they kept their eye yeah. in a little bit just yeah. a fair
1: bit and uh, I This isn't just um, Johnny come lately saying it now um, after the horse has bolted. I will say you can go back and listen to many podcasts and we have many, many times, years before his Wales debut, been beating the drum about Nick Tompkins. And he's the one that got away for me for England. I'm not saying he's ever going to be the world's greatest 12, but at a time when we're looking around going... Where's the 12s? Where's the 12s? And he was brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just can't believe we let him get away.
3: thing is... He was great. Wales will pick up and play anybody. Mm. So the, the amount of lads that have played in the 12 jersey for Wales, I don't think would ever get a shot in England. Mm. Ever. So Nick Tompkins would be one. Johnny Williams is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Hadley Parks had ever played for England. Mm. Uh, as much as everyone loved him.
2: Hadley Parks might be one who could have pushed, actually. Yeah. I, I, I really I, I, do I rate Hadley, really Hadley
1: Parks would have played for England if, if he was English. I don't think well, he would. Well, I, I think he would. And uh, But Nick Tompkins was operating at a, at that kind of level. I just don't understand how this one got uh, do away. Do you know I
3: think? Nick Tompkins is just an amazing Saracens player. Because we've seen him at Dragons and he wasn't amazing there. Mind you, who is amazing at Dragons? They're a joke. Yeah. The whole yeah. organisation from top he, to bottom is a joke.
1: He, he's been... Solid. I, there's been a couple of games where he's been a bit. It's been a bit iffy for Wales, but on the whole, he's been solid, very dependable.
2: He's good. I think he's good for Wales. He's yeah. reasonable, but yeah, yeah but you, not... wouldn't, you wouldn't see that at Dragons, but no. yeah. you will see it at Saracens. Saracen?
3: In his Wales performances, you won't go. Yes, get me Tomkins on the phone now. Yeah, you know, we, need, we need. If someone's going to change nationalities, it's going to be that boy.
1: <laughs> if, I, if I was England and Manu Tuolangi goes out injured uh, the day the day that the team is announced. It's exactly who I'd want him
3: on the squad. Really? You go for Nick Tompkins as a money to to your replacement? Not like for life. Not like for life. That's but what you go for.
1: Well, I, I'd like to have the option because we don't have any options.
3: No, no, you don't. That Cam, is a problem.
1: Cam Redpath uh, is gone. one
2: option. Yeah, gone. Chris, Chris, Harris, Chris Harris was another gone. option. Gone. gone.
3: Nick like, Tompkins yeah. was another option. But gone. Chris Harris had to have international rugby before anyone realised he's any good. He was yeah. there, wasn't he? He was there yeah, yeah. at Newcastle. He was very good at Newcastle, but. Not England, good. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. no, I agree with that. One. One. Like the he's Scottish a <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh,
1: And on this one, Tom Coff has emailed as well, uh, and just was, was at this game and said um, uh, he, he just mentioned that at, at the ground where he was, he wasn't able to see, uh, he wasn't able to understand what was going on with the foul play when it happened with that extra penalty from halfway, and mentioned the referee decisions going out on stadium as per the NFL. They did try that last season, didn't they? Yeah. Or was oh, it earlier this season? I
3: do have a criticism of Gloucester actually. You have no idea what's going on. So with Sale, you always hear the, the announcements who's off, who's on. Okay. I had no idea when subs are getting made. Mmm, that's interesting. No idea. Well on then, the- you know, Sale have got a rich history of great great pitch announcers so that will be you get text messages when then <laughs> services are no longer yeah.
2: required. <laughs> um on the So there's the yellow for Murray Muravalu, which is just stupid. Like, be better, and you cost your team. You cost your team points equivalent to the difference between these two teams. There was the Allard Davis um, yellow card, which I don't know if you've seen it. Ford steps back into him, and there's a clash of heads, which he's too upright. So it felt similar to the Adam Coleman incident with Lewington from a few weeks ago which was a red card at the time, but then was actually overturned on appeal, interestingly. But Allard-Davis was upright, whereas Coleman was bent at the waist in the... So, that, so I can see that being a yellow card. Mm. The interesting one was Callum Green extended neck roll on Billy Vunapola with then... I think, it, I think it might have been... Uh, Raphael came in from the side on Vunapola and it got brought... To so the attention of the referee, I can't remember who was refing now, um, but didn't do anything with it. And I thought that could have been. It was an extended neck roll, mm. and then a player flying in at the side with Vunapole Billy in a very vulnerable position. I think that could be a yellow. You've, I've seen that given as yellows mm. so oh. frequently.
3: Well, uh, let's talk about a very strange yellow card this uh, this week. Just bouncing around a little bit. Can anyone just tell me why? Bristol received a yellow card for that Uh, tap-back. Was it a penalty try or was it a tap-back? It was a yellow card, but not a penalty try. Which one was that? Oh, so right at the end? Yes. Can you explain that?
2: It was a tackle off the ball.
3: Is that what it was given for? It was
2: a tackle, yeah, the outside man, who I can't remember who it was now, Ah. was tackled off the ball in a... Well They decided There was enough cover To make sure Make it not a certain trial Not a uh, I Probable, thought it was probable a, yeah. I
3: thought the you know card was Tapping the ball backwards No And that was illegal Because maybe he was on Off his feet When he inter- interfered With the ball No well Ta- Tackle off the absolutely ball Absolutely fine
1: Well let's jump to that Bath game Because I mean That was the other option You could have made the journey down As it happens You sat between Mrs. Sammit And uh, <coughs> Mrs. Ford-Robinson Yep you, A double-barrelled pair of Exactly A, a double-barrel Of double-barrelled parents um, Yes You sat between But you could have gone down the road To to Bathory-Bristol Well I just
3: didn't, I didn't think it would be Much of a spectacle That's what, what I a spectacle it was Well uh, I only, mean only how it's did...
2: Only really thanks to uh
3: Bristol's in discipline. I mean oh. so much love down there.
1: What? How did Bristol like again yes. how did Bristol lose this
3: one? So, so one of the best text exchanges well,
2: I'll, or, I'll tell you how they played they played 70 uh, no f- plus, plus 50 minutes with one man down. Yeah. And then of the remaining 50 minutes they had 3 three three 10-minute periods albeit one was right at the end. Three periods with um 13 men on the pitch. That's why yeah. they, they couldn't Contain themselves for indiscretions. So
3: ba- I think one of the best text exchanges of the year occurred during this game. Uh, Tim saying Bristol are back. I uh, know you got the wrong end of the stick. Bath or back? It, terrible. It, was, it was literally a half. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. So, so that's what I meant not Bath are going to win. Bath or back? Yeah, not, yeah. So, uh, so, to, uh, so, uh, so I put on our <laughs>
1: WhatsApp group because it was twenty-one nil to
2: Bristol at this point. And I said well, Bristol or back. It's 21-0 after 14 minutes. Quite. It's it's going to be 100 and 120 points to nil this. A and, and minimum.
1: J- and J. And JB's response was, no, bath the back. And by that you meant bath the back to being dreadful. Terrible. But yeah. it looked like, in retrospect, it looked like you would... I re- <laughs> I looked at the score later on and then reread JB's message and went, oh, I mu- I, he must have just seen all their tries going. But
3: no. No, no. I no. never expected but this.
2: Bath, <laughs> bath... Even though they were playing against, I don't know, six men for most of the game, they still made a meal out of it. They yeah. still really, it took to the 85th minute. It's taken,
3: to- basically, they're spending their whole salary cap on over the hill stars, all on the pitch <laughs> at the same time, all doing their very best against 13 men to pull this video. I wondered
1: off. how JB would square this circle on the podcast. Yeah. How could he be. Because had Bristol <laughs> won, it would have, it's like, oh, oh how, how, I can't compliment them and when when Bath win you still found a way to no, there's, to there's, neck both yeah. teams
2: there are no there are no winners in <laughs> this no, the, yeah. the fact that Bath struggled so much to take down half a Bristol team
3: they, it's yeah I mean the atmosphere would have been brilliant atm- it, yeah okay.
2: beautiful day for it
3: I wish on a Sunday I would have gone to that one
2: the the bright note from, from what I saw the bright note was uh, Tom de Glanville. he looked ace and he, he well he played a lot of the second pivot role when Cipriani was there. He was often the man out the back, and because he's got a nice turner pace and good distributor.
3: The Cock and uh return was also quite quite welcome to see. Mm. There's a lot of salary cap there, a lot of it. it there is,
2: it. and there's there's a lot of potential. Whether we've whether we've seen all of that potential. I'm not quite sure.
1: In, and in the absence there is of uh, a man who, if he can be good, he's the sort of person that, again, would be quite useful but, to have in a squad. I think
3: that's right. They've won three and four games now.
2: They are officially off the bottom
1: of
3: yes. the table. they are.
2: Officially.
3: So they've got four wins. And Worcester have got four wins. Yeah. So I, you know, I thought Worcester's top end would be five wins this season. So they need <clears> one, more, one more win, and they're uh, there.
2: Yeah, but now Diamond's in charge. They've cemented themselves... Firmly to the bottom of the table.
3: Well, that, that win will be coming. That win will be coming. I guarantee, I guarantee it. Um,
1: well, well on, on, on to Worcester and London Irish. Well, they were, until Exeter's game, which we'll get onto. they were into the top four. Told you. I know. I told you. I, I thought you were, I mean, we were both totally wrong about Saracens. Yeah. We were both completely wrong about, we were all completely wrong about Bristol. Do you
3: know what? I blame myself for this. I blame myself for... But you were right about London Irish. Yeah, listening to people. Right, I just went along with Bristol because everyone went along. I went along with Bristol for an easy life. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, Br- Br- Bristol will be top four. I knew they wouldn't be top top four, but I just went along. I, I should have stuck with my instinct, which is not them. I still would have picked <laughs> anyone sale. but them. Yeah.
1: So were you just saying London Irish to be contrarian, or did you genuinely believe that? No, I believe genuinely
3: believe that. I looked at that team I was like, they're not losing anyone. They've spent a lot of money, and those locks are ace. That's what. That's how I judge teams. How good are the locks?
1: And And... Of he he who shall not be named, or at least he who shall not be named inside the borders of uh, Northern Ireland. Ireland, is just... I mean, what other ten would you want? Although, Nick Phipps, his little reverse that, pass that was out
2: the, outrageous. It reminded, me, it reminded me of the story that you had, JB, where you were struggling to pass off your left hand, so you practised the reverse, pass, inside-out reverse pass and then realize that goes the same direction as your right-handed exactly. pass. Exactly. <laughs> hours
3: and hours wasted in a corridor in school.
2: <laughs> that was a lovely little um, oh, flick off the base. That was outrageous. It's, London, it could be called London, London Argentines at the moment, because Creevy got two. Mm-hmm. And he's, is he top try scorers? He, he must be right up there with top try scorers he's at the moment. He's doing more, all right for himself. They had uh, Luna, uh, Cittetti, Luna... And Gonzalez said three Argentine, or four of their tries came from so Argentines.
3: They can definitely have at least four Aussies if they want. Is that right?
2: Uh, Rona, so, Hepatima, Phipps, Col- no, Coleman, he- Simmons. Is,
3: um, from London, isn't he? Hepatima. Is he not He Lawrence Hepatima, the 12. Terence Hepatima. Terence. Ter- sorry, Terence Hepatima. Terence Hepatima. I'm Hepatima. sure he's from London. Is he? I think he is, yeah. So it's Rona, Coleman, the other boy, Fipps. Uh, Simmons. Simmons and Phipps. Oh, and Hoskins. Not Hoskins. Yeah, Hoskins got an
2: Aussie cap. Bit. Interestingly, uh, he was born in Harrow, England. Yeah. He, he has played for the Waratahs. Ah. His okay. grandfather, Anthony Hepatina, right. played for the Maori All Blacks. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so they are... That's interesting.
3: They are... Harrow's London, is it not? Well, they, they've always... Yeah, yeah.
1: they They embrace that whole exiles thing and actually... They want to. Um, what's the word that? Uh, he is qualified Kidney to play used. for
2: Australia, New Zealand, and England. Oh, nice. So. And who's has
3: been called up for so, so far? Uh, London Irish. Hey, I tell you what, Tim. You could do worse. worse 12s twelves than him. <laughs> he is a good twelve. Well, what's the word that Declan Kidney used?
1: Um, uh, di- uh, diaspora. He says we want to. want to tap into the the, the diaspora in Lo- in London and exp- um, embrace. The ex- oh, sorry, I should do <laughs> that. Embrace the exiles thing. Um, and so, the, yeah, they get their players from all over. They certainly do. Uh, and, you know, have a place for young English guys. And Stokes got another good try, didn't he?
2: Yeah. Um, young Scotsman, Cal Rue. Yes. Is he a Scotsman? Uh, well, he's in the Scotland squad. Uh, right, good. And yeah. that,
1: that's, that ground is the place to be at the minute. And over the next few weeks, they've got Saracens at home and Harlequins at home coming up, including their Paddy's Day game and... Uh, there's not
3: many they places win I'd rather games, be. Top playoffs, I'm telling you now, playoffs. They're on.
2: They're pushing a one point it off. It's on. At one point behind, extra chieves at the moment.
3: And extra chieves.
2: well oh, can we? Can we just talk about for oh, yeah, before yeah, yeah, we got yeah, move yeah, off London West. Irish, Worcester? Have you seen the Duhan red card? I and do,
3: yeah. Not for me.
2: It's no, not a red card for me. Not a, it's not a red It's card. not a red card for me. He no. goes open-handed for a handoff. He is a bit clumsy, and he catches with, I, I think, top of the forearm slash wrist into the face. A
3: massive forearm wrist, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a massive
1: forearm wrist, and, that, and that's basically it. it had had de <clears throat> done the same thing,
3: nothing would have happened. No.
2: But it's, it's low force, low danger. It's, it's just a rugby incident. I may be penalised for being clumsy.
3: The worst, but... the worst red card. Not the worst, is it? The worst is in, it was bad. Not in the decision was bad, but the worst was the Nielango red card. That was such a red card.
2: And that's—he's only just come back from yeah, doing exactly the same thing oh. four weeks ago, whatever it was. And you can see he—he he just like curls up on a ball because he knows he knows he's, he's done it again.
3: again. Oh. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because Will Butt is a big, strong boy. Mm. Um, <laughs> that was a bad challenge. Will Butt that was is bad.
3: a very, very good player. Mm. Very good player uh, coming through. But, but no, b- no not, to find not, a way to make him look average. No, yeah. not a
1: red, <laughs> not a red card for Vander uh, Vandermeer. And that no, but uh, that that I didn't I just change. Want a it. it was bit more. I just want a bit more empathy with that because they oh. looked at that and it's come on.
3: Yeah, it be. Yeah. How,
1: be... Do you think that? I mean, surely the people that were making the decision have, have played the game to some level. I think if you have played the game, you kind of you, you can, as you say, you can penalise or even if you absolutely had to a yellow card for just being sh- clumsy. Clum-
2: yeah, but it it is just clumsy. Yeah. Like, there is going to be contact with the head. Every contact with the head doesn't have to be a red card. Yes, it's where there is either terrible technique or illegal technique, or there is high degree of danger and it's controllable. None no, of this was applied. Th- yeah, exactly. He was a bit clumsy, so maybe penalise him. Now, as it happens, I think Lunaris were twenty-four points to five up at that point. Yeah, it didn't really change the game. London Irish are going to win this comfortably anyway do, do but, any suspensions
1: but, do it, I, if there is a suspension would that affect Scotland yeah, so Six Nations? I, think,
2: I think it would it be does. I think they would appeal, They will appeal uh, through both Worcester and Scotland will have a vested interest in this I think it would be a successful appeal yeah, I, I can't see that being upheld as a red card I'd be astonished
3: and then replay that game <laughs> <laughs>
2: we play this the second, the last 35 minutes just to watch London we Irish put had, another 20 odd points on them. So,
3: Didsbury um, Talk H this weekend, by the way, we, we won a double header. Double header? With, yeah, so we've doubled up our game against third place team uh, Liverpool St Helens. Hmm. So instead of having a home and away, we just had one away game for 10 points, potential points. That's cool. And we won 33 like 10 thank god so pick up you know, all 10 points oof, yeah so that was a big big win
2: that's that's really cool that's a sensible thing to do at this time of the season
3: yeah so we we do double headers for well if we've got fixture congestion or with cup games mm. now i actually think double headers would be the perfect night, perfect way to square the rugby premiership cup or to run a cup competition for rugby without it um
2: Eating into fixing, the season
3: yeah making too too much fixture congestion if you have a league game coming up, and I think the same would work with football, how often do you see a football match which is like City United on a Tuesday night and then City United on the weekend? One of them matters, one of them doesn't. Just mm. combine it into one mega game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like,
3: they'd be so, it'd be That's so very much cool. more exciting. So much more exciting. I mean,
1: half the gate receipts, but very good. Yes, that, that, is, is, that. that is a good and point.
3: And they don't struggle to sell tickets either. Do they? Yeah, Unless... You double the ticket price, <laughs> <laughs> which is or I
2: mean. quadruple the tri- ticket yes. price. So
1: I was in your <laughs> neck of the woods um, today, Phil, on <clears> your old stomping ground. Um, oh, I just up the road from it. I was, uh, where I was at Berry Sports Club, uh,
2: yeah. or at uh, Berry Rugby Club. I know it well because I, I played a, a teeny tiny bit of uh, rugby league for a period, which was Berry Rugby League <laughs> at the time, which was, I, was there.
3: I think Salford City Reds had an academy there.
2: Salford used to use Sedgley's facilities
3: for did a they? bit. Maybe yeah, what thinking about
1: them. Well, they had some, they had some literal big strong boys. Um, did they in Bury Some some thirteen, fourteen year old lads that run at, ran hard. But, mm. but but the mighty raffy Quirk's Broughton Park un, uh, under fourteens did them so.
3: Awesome. Just, uh, oh by was. way, Broughton Park's Christoph's result this weekend. What was it? Five nil loss to. Five nil. Five nil. What a classic! That is. I've done a. Th-
1: Six nil once, I think,
3: against Rochdale.
1: I've done a, I've done a nil 0 Wow! Oh. It was it, uh, it was Colts, uh, uh, New, Newbury Colts. I can't remember who we were playing, but it was the coldest day I've ever played rugby in. Uh, it was <laughs> and it was just, uh, just uh, yeah, it, it were horrible conditions and uh, yeah, nil 0
2: I think I think lowest I've three ever had, all as well. I've had sick. We lost six five in the cup away to Matlock. This was a, a Colts Colts Cup away to Matlock. Which was a horrible journey together, middle of December, freezing cold. We scored one try, they kicked two penalties, and you lost. Amazing. Oh. Awful. Amazing.
3: Uh, what, what, what else happened this, this weekend? The Albion lost <coughs> uh, to Coldy. Devastating. Coldy are doing bloody well. Yeah. Really well. And Saturday won by Commonwealth against two.
2: Luctonians, uh, 13 15, I think it was, with a. I think they struggled in that game. Struggled very much, but they're, they're in second place at the moment.
1: Former beat uh, our former someone we played with before, Jamie Harrison, scored the winning try. Four the, the for guy, the Tigers, for, is for, still for, there? for Cersei Tigers, still there. And uh, this is
3: no, uh, this, this is the guy that thought a, lo- a slice of bread had 400 calories in it.
1: Uh, and, and this is the guy who missed the first team game
3: because the fox hat.
1: <laughs> no. um, because it was Valentine's Day and he went to see Fifty Shades of Grey with his missus at the cinema. Is that right? (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) He also got... So this this lad also got kicked off the bus at at Broughton Park because director of rugby, uh, current director of rugby, uh, Jason Jason Duffy. Duffy... Said, I don't know how, why he had this tantrum thinking back about it it wasn't his best bit of my management but um, he was head coach at the time we're going away to Cuba Lonsdale, and our best player by all which is this lad Jamie Harrison who would score tries from absolutely anywhere showed up with a fox hat with a little bit of a bad attitude and he went mental about his hat <laughs> get you know, you know, take your hat off no. Take your hat off. No. What do you mean fox hat? What, what Literally you... like a fox sitting on his hat. Like he's seven. Y- yes. Uh, and he wouldn't take off his fox hat. So um, Jason, kicked him off the bus. I'm like, right. So I was like, we're going to uh, Kirby Lonsdale without our best player. Got good hiding.
2: Ridiculous. Is
3: it, yeah. It's either Wigton or Kirby Lonsdale.
2: Better times for Kirby Lonsdale.
1: Yes, quite. Better times for Exeter Chiefs.
2: Uh, and yeah. there's, there's
1: something nice about watching Ollie Woodburn and Tomo O'Flaherty just tear it up.
2: They're, They're two pretty. handy Wizards. players. Wizards, mate. Ha-
1: the- and two big strong boys uh, in in
3: the centre together Wood- again. But, yeah, by the well, way... Well, one big strong boy well, and he's understudy. Yeah. And, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, Woodburn looks electric, doesn't he? Just yeah. the way he's so powerful. Just he's so missed
2: powerful. quite a lot of rugby over the past couple of years, but before he missed quite a lot, I think the season before last... He was on fire, and he looks like he's back to his best. Not not in this game, but did you, did you see his NFL-style take for the cross-field kick uh, last week or the week before? Oh, yes, yes, yes. full reach, diving over the line and gets it down. No,
3: but do you know, awesome. you know what I did see him do that against a few years ago, Montpellier, and oh. it was up against... Current Lester. Nand- Nandolo. Uh, Nandolo. 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 And the thing is, on paper, they look... Similar as in the height, yeah. They're both both maybe. I think na- be six, six, Nadolo, six, Nadolo is six four actually.
2: Nadolo is like five stone heavier than him, but, then, uh, uh, but Nad- actually probably more than five yeah. stone heavier than him. Nad- but-
1: Nadolo is uh, Ollie Woodburn because they both got shaven hair, mm-hmm. both similar similar skin tone. Uh, th- basically, it would be like you know on um, games when like in on the on like golf Tiger Woods golf you could create your own player or, or any... And you just have that dial saying, like, size of body. Yes. When you, when you move it from bottom to top, that's just going from Ollie Woodburn to... Uh, yeah, Sinamani yeah. Nandolo. Well, that
3: Nandolo. That was the thing, because um, they're both in these skin tight tops. You see Ollie Woodburn rise, leaping over Nan- Nandolo with his little wasp-like waist. It's like someone's just dressed an underwear model in rugby kit and told us to catch a ball. <laughs>
2: do you know, do you know the, weight, the listed weight difference between their... This is nonsense. Their I Wikipedia...
1: Uh, Namali be... Nandolo will be 127 kgs, yes. uh, I'm guessing, and Ollie Woodburn will be listed as 94 Three. kgs. So no, he's bigger
3: than that, 96. So 33 kg difference, I'm guessing. Woodburn 96, Nandolo 120.
2: So you're saying 20, 24 kg, yes. and so you're so saying 33. 33. Tim, you are closer. The, the listed is 40, <laughs> 40 kg. <laughs> <What>? Now... <laughs> Woodburn's, according to this, and uh, take Wikipedia with a pinch of salt. Woodburn six two, Nadolo six five. Woodburn ninety seven kg, so no. you're not far wrong. About Fifteen, wow. About 15 Nodolo listed at one hundred and thirty seven, so over twenty one and a half stone. So a half, so I think he is. He is. Wow. Enormous. He is enormous. He is so massive.
3: That is that. But that, you're looking. We you're looking <clears> French front rowers there.
2: Are, yeah, uh, Willem's, uh, is, yeah, Willemsa is
3: you know uh, like t- history.
2: A couple of KG heavier than Willemsa.
3: <laughs> you know, you do get a lot of big players who play on the wing. Uh, and I think a lot of them burn, burn out actually because it's a lot of stress to be a winger and um, that big and what His longevity though is amazing. Mm. Amazing. But he didn't really break through. I mean, he was at Exeter 11 years ago. Mm. But didn't really play. No, I don't think he had a good good time of it there though. I think he had a few issues which got him in the way of his rugby, which he'd probably do differently now, and that might might that might actually account for why he's been a, been a late developer. Well, yeah.
1: Well, on well, only Woodburn, Sam Griffith emailed just pointing out just how prolific uh, he has been, and to your Bath complaints, uh, two players at Exeter who highlight this. where how Bath got it so wrong, all the money they've spent on some of their big recruits, and. Not keeping Ollie Devoto and Ollie Woodburn. Simple things, isn't example, it? really mm. simple things.
3: Yeah. So Devoto got Player of the Year that year, and Woodburn got Most Improved Player. Yeah. So Woodburn
1: mm. let him go to Exeter and uh, and, and win everything, and uh, and will buy Joe fucking and a singer.
3: It's mad, isn't it? Mm. But I'm going to give Bath a compliment, though. I think they, i m- to say, they might have learned their lesson. If you look at the kids coming through now, hundred oh, percent, they might yeah. have learned their lesson. Yeah. Yes. But also, I'm not
2: convinced. Uh, but yeah, the, the real push comes to shove will be when Jonathan and Joseph and Anthony Watson are available to leave. Do they re-sign them on mega money deals, or do they lock down De Glanville and mm. Bayless and Ajomo and all and yeah. Wilbur and all those well, guys?
3: Who, where do they? Haven't they just offered those boys new deals? Yeah, they've all signed them up. I think, I think, a, I all think up. a good few. Which, which no, is, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. The, the the veteran What's, players, oh. Watson and so Joseph. I think, I think they've left the deal on the table for them, saying, "You can have this." And certainly, Watson said, "No, I think it's <clears> worth more." I don't think he's finding that market though, so nothing's happened. So I think mm. there's a deal on. I, I, this might be out of date now, but I think there's a deal on the table for him, mm. and it's just an open question: Does he get something else?
1: Well, in this salary cap market, we saw today um, in the Exeter game why they got to the summit and why they can be great again, because. Whoever it is at Exeter, Rob Baxter leading it, obviously, but his team of people are fantastic at one spotting. We can see the value where other clubs can't in players mm. like
2: Devoto or Woodburn in this case, or Yanis Kirsten or Jacques Vermalen. And Jack exactly, Vermaelen. Who, think, you know,
1: who had heard of Yanis Kirsten and Jacques Vermalen yes. before
3: they came to Exeter? Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of them.
2: Yeah, yeah but now, now you know who they are. And,
3: and, and Vermalen, wow. So, who said this and what does it mean? We've looked at, the, at their training methodology and we've deloaded them. Uh, Alex Anderson said that. Correct. <laughs> Does anyone know what it means? Uh, they deloaded them. They've given, they've given them
1: more rest time. They're, 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 yeah, not, wor- they're not working as much. So deloaded if I was them. to say that differently, would they deloaded name... them? Last last work. He said deloaded them physically and mentally. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see the. I kind of see the sense. Why, 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 so would it? If I said we've trained lass
2: would that work <laughs> yeah but that doesn't address the mental deloading uh, jb hold on
1: you now listen <laughs> does that I, make sense i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to point something out you were always very very complimentary of how steve diamond had a very low injury profile with his sales squad yeah 100% and and had good results because didn't work because he he, he he had a lower work. I've got no load. problem with the principal.
3: I've got no problem with the principal. is it just the description, of yeah. the description. Steve okay.
2: Diamond would not say that he'd be like uh, yeah we're that? working less
1: yeah we, we'd <laughs> a bit more time off <laughs> I gave him an extra day off
3: yeah <laughs> got the beers <laughs> uh, we've de- <laughs> what <laughs> deloaded them we've trained less uh, I think extra have got sales number big time
2: they have big time. it's S- Sandy Park sale from what I saw sale did very well to restrict Exeter to only the three tries, prevent them from scoring in the second half. That That is a big positive for Sale. What's not a positive is them... I mean, this game was over at half-time because Sale just couldn't break them down. It took till the... They scored one try relatively early on and then took it to the 76th yeah. minute, 78th minute to score the second.
3: I'm not a big fan of swapping one big-name fly-half for another big-name big, big fly-half. I think you know bringing people through your academy, developing people, that's the way... F- Ford for rugby I do however think that George Ford can't come soon enough mm-hmm. not because but he's a massive upgrade I think a- he is a- A-J's a excellent AJ's excellent yeah but it's a new set of attacking ideas mm. and I think that's going to be just as important I all
1: were the best team, team in the league, in league with ball in hand yeah. Yeah. Uh, tra- uh, quote JB uh, and only, they were They were eight years e- ago and they were exceptional um, it's not quite as fluent these days Um but just to throw the positives Exeter's way, Max Armstrong was at the game uh, and emailed us when he was on his way back. Contact gmail at gmail.com. He said, uh, turns out our, our massive South Africans, being Exeter uh, and Zimbabwean, are slightly better than sales. Uh, he also points out how nice to have Marcus Street back, a tight head who can actually scrummage. They had a couple of front rows back and it did make a difference. Yeah, for, it does, because some, <coughs> of, them, make a some of the front
3: rows cannot scrummage. At all. At all. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, uh, yeah and it's certainly uh, uh, and this I think is a great point from Max uh, exceptional point and the and the kind of rugby intellect that we really appreciate and welcome um, on email or any other correspondence he says more importantly as a signed up member of the Quad Appreciation Society can we just take a second to applaud Christoph Ridley he was running the line in front of us today and for a man of small stature he has quads above his weight fair play diminutive but stacked is interesting, interesting. Mm. yeah it is it
2: is yeah not noticed that from, from Ridley. I know he's in reasonable shape, but I will pay more attention to his quads.
3: I think he orders him because he's quite small anyway, an extra small ref shirt. Because mm. it's very well fitted. Match match shirt.
2: And medium boy shorts. Medium boy, yeah, perfect. I mean,
1: we're still missing a, an heir to the Steve Walsh throne in rugby terms. Oh no, there's one ref. Is he like an Aussie or something? He's absolutely stacked. Like, but Walsh was never stacked. He was... Maybe he was back. He was I, in reasonable shape. It, yeah. oh, he was in he was in good shape for compared to referees of his the era. Think about
3: Walsh though. It was yeah. In you nailed it to him. It was the comparison to who else? Yeah, you know, he was probably refereeing the same time as, and no disrespect to the man, uh, say someone like Tony Tony Spreadbury. They're very, very different. Very different. All the refs back then were <laughs> old school, a bit older in and their he conditioning. Was very young.
2: The rest, the rest of these days are very well conditioned.
3: They are. What what was Steve Walsh's tattoo? He who you controls himself controls the game. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> lord. Just you seeing it makes me cringe.
1: <laughs> Good lord! Uh, uh, Sam emailed on this game as well and said, just um, based on how BT Sports pundits have spoken for the past thirty minutes, he, he messaged us whilst right, whilst watching the game. He did say he'll actually win. The numbers not mean anything. The subject line was nineteen is a bigger number than twelve. Sam clearly being an extra fan. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see.
3: I see what he's done there. Yeah, well, what can you do?
2: You gotta find. You gotta find the story. Where it exists. Well, speaking of stories, and we were talking about um, contracts and locking down players just before, did either of you see the interview with Mike Brown before the Quinn's Newcastle game?
1: I didn't see it, but I've, 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 yeah, I've heard about it, obviously.
2: Very powerful interview with Nick Mullins about his future, and Brownie said, um, so he signed a 1 plus 1 deal, which is pretty common for guys of his age. Yep which is one year, with the club having the option of the second... Well, but both... Both both have have the option to exit the second year. But it does take the club for... Both parties need to say yes Yes. for you to go forward. Yeah, correct. Brownie was interested in it. Um, Dean Richards indicated to him earlier in the season that they were were likely to... um, to um, apply for it or, or put it through. And then... I think he got a message the day before the expiry date. It's obviously a time-bound thing saying a I'm sorry thing, things things have message. changed. I think he said, I'm sure he said a message. Yeah. Oh no, he didn't actually. I think he said Dean Richard called him. Wasn't yeah. it be very unlikely. Yeah, you're right. Dean Richard called him and he said he knew when he saw Dean Richard that it's the day before this date and they said things have changed and they can no longer do it. So He's basically what happened to him at the end of his Quinns days, which was heartbreaking for someone who's such a professional. And he's he's still playing good rugby, still playing good rugby then, he's still playing good rugby now. To have it happen again, and you can see he was like, visibly choked up. Do you know where it. he would be? A very good fit. Probably plenty of places. Ealing
1: Trailfinders. <laughs> no, not there. Not Doncaster.
3: There. Not there. Uh, this is serious. Huh? I think he, a sale or crying out for my brown. 15, yeah. They really we, need a 15. I think,
2: I think Worcester, you would fit him well at yep. Worcester with some of the young talent they've got there. He's so stable and it allows the young talent to be a bit more precocious
3: Yeah, uh, and learn from him. I just think, yeah, there's a lot of places that I think. But I think he's still capable of being in a championship winning team. Who That's is? It, I'm
1: just thinking that, I'm, I'm looking at Leicester because they quite like doing this, don't they? They oh, are, well... We have got Van Portfleet and Ben Youngs, but but we'll keep Richard Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth. just in our back pocket when we need yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, he it, seems like uh, like who plays fullback when Stewart isn't available?
3: Um, Bryce Haggerty or yeah. Billy Burns? Yeah, Billy Burns Billy played Boone? this uh, Billy, Freddie Freddie Burns. Freddie
2: Burns. 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 You yeah. stop
1: yeah. trying to make Billy Burns to Leicester yeah. happen.
2: Billy Burns. You no, know, he's definitely he's but an Ulster man. I to things did things Billy Burns put that happen? kick in? By the way, a crossfield kick to Balakoon.
1: Awesome try for Ulster.
2: Great try. Absolutely I don't awesome. actually know if it was Billy Burns. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful it wasn't team. Freddie Burns. Oh, but also I looked at that Cardiff team this week and I thought, Cardiff, back row, uh, Navidi, Ellis Jenkins, both of them. And Rayleigh Low and um, the uh, Halaholo in the centres. There's legitimate talent in that Cardiff team or to smash them 40 points to 5 that Balacoon he's got unbelievable gas this is the story of Cardiff
3: and a lot of Welsh rugby teams I remember Cardiff going to Sandy Park in Heineken Cup when you know Exeter was sort of still they hadn't won anything yet they're still the up and coming force they were good but they weren't great the Blues showed up with 7 British and Irish Lions and proceeded to get absolutely pumped pumped absolutely pumped from start to finish Obliterated. If any
1: if any Welsh side's going to do well, it will be Cardiff. They've got the they've got the the you nuts and bolts in think place. So, and you? they they almost beat Queens at home. Coulda shoulda. Yeah yeah. Yeah, I
3: think you're right. I think they're the best of the bunch at the moment. Yeah. I don't really care though is the answer. Fort forty eight twelve. I know. I mean, you look at the results in the URC. It's a joke league. It's a, it's just a joke. And someone on on someone on Twitter tried to argue the point. Oh look, there's some uneven results in the Premiership. Oh what a terrible league. It's not it's not the same thing. These the 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 lopsided results in the premiership are often the exception that proves the rule. Whereas, what we, what have we had this week? A few 60, 60 points to sevens? In your, beloved,
2: your beloved Benetton went down pretty hard.
3: Yeah. What's the point? It's absolutely <laughs> pointless. <laughs> so, yeah. Just uh, Before we finish off on the last game, there was a clip during the rounds this week. Uh, uh, it was a new on clip. And he's talking about, wi- about women's rugby. I wonder okay, okay, if this is your point? women's yeah. rugby point. This okay. is so annoying. Because... There, it seems to be there's only one way to talk about women's rugby, and that's this defeatist, we-must-do-better, almost guilt-ridden, um, sombre attitude about the game. Was this to do with International Women's Day or
1: something, which is coming
3: up? Oh, who, knows, who knows? I don't know. Worthy, I'm just wondering what, what, what trendy this
1: it is. I, I don't hang out on Twitter particularly. So well, I, I think it's important
3: because, obviously, this is going out on a podcast. He is a very important voice, and he's there just basically giving it both barrels to the state of the women's game. And it, it's the most bizarre rant because he starts with saying um, how good the women's team are. Yeah, OK, they can, they can be the best in the world. They can have the best team. They you know, can have you know, professionalism. But, you know, this isn't good enough and this isn't good enough. And one thing he said is the grounds aren't good enough. So thought, the grounds aren't good enough. In women's rugby, the grounds aren't good enough. So I just went and looked up the grounds that all the teams play at. Where, 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 do Hart, where do Hartbury play at? Uh, Hartbury? The Hartbury Stadium? Or Kings Home. Do they play at Kings Home? They play at Kings Home. Where do Exeter play at? Sandy Park. Sandy Park, exactly. Lough, Loughborough Lightning? Uh, at, Lough, they, at Loughborough, which
1: is a pretty tidy setup.
3: One of the best sporting facilities in the world, probably. Outside of America. Outside or, of
2: America for college.
1: So yeah. for, well, yeah. what,
3: what is he talking about? Um, Saracens play where?
2: Uh, and, the Stonex. Correct.
3: Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Stone next. Sale Sharks or uh, yeah, Sail Sharks, Sale shocks women have basically got a ground to themselves, which is um, Haywood Road, which is a little with, great oh, ground. ground
2: with Sale FC. Yeah, so, it, is, it is a great, great little ground. What is talking about? Uh, okay, so uh, hold on.
1: So, uh, but, uh, so, 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 the, the ground is one point. So, what was the what was the general thrust that that we um, we, we must do better? We must do better. Okay. I just
3: don't get it because there is. The, you know, England is one of the few countries with a professional women's team. Now, if the women make that money back, I would be surprised. But you know, that's what the RFU do. If he's talking about pitches lower down the leagues, uh, well, why is he not complaining about men's pitches lower? And also, the pitches don't matter. You know, for a lot of for, for a lot of teams, the the pitch actually is a competitive advantage. And I don't know if you can recall as far back as like five years ago. But Welford Road was an absolute hellhole. They didn't even have grass by the uh, subs pitch. I I, I haven't seen
1: this particular um, thing that you're talking about. All, all All I would say objectively is the women's rugby in England, certainly I can't speak for other unions, but women's rugby in England is one of the few things which stops me from thinking the governance of rugby union in England is... Ridiculously poor, because actually I look at the women 's game and think there 's massive progress been made, as you point out England have one of the best teams in the world yeah. they they regularly dominate uh, most other teams, with the exception of new zealand and and to an extent france uh, they have a They have professional athletes operating in a str- a proper league at high quality facilities which many people can if they choose to go and watch and they have games. On the red button on the BBC now, is it? I just can't. No, it's like what? What, what more? Well, like, actually, the RFU have done a great job yeah, with and... women's rugby. I yeah. wish I wish they do. I, w- I wish I could talk as positively about the governance of the game at other levels as with women's rugby. Uh, I, really, I don't know what. i think
3: going as say they've invested it, invested it as a lost leader. I don't believe it makes enough money to sustain itself, which is why the RFU have to get involved. And maybe that's what it takes to you know to grow to this grow product. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I personally don't think they should even be part of the RFU. They should have their own governance body, and I don't even think that they should be professional for lots of reasons which I can talk about again, but not the reasons that you're you're probably thinking. Um, But if you were to listen to that, right, if you were a woman coming into the game or if you wanted your daughters to play and you watch this small segment of a small podcast with one of the leading voices in rugby telling you it's not good enough and we need to do better, you probably wouldn't go down. Think well. This is pointless.
1: Well, I haven't listened to the whole podcast as well because there, quite often, small Twitter particularly. No, no. This is you take small. You take small pieces yeah. and and you give it a. No, this was a lauded clip. You give it a little yeah. uh, title which makes it clickable and there's It, no, it, no, it, it lacks like, the context around uh, it.
3: The context was quite clear. I mean, this was this was a a bit of a monologue really to gin up support because it lo- it feeds into narrative that there are the haves and the, uh, the haves and the haves not have, have nots. I'm telling you now, women's rugby or English women's rugby is not the have is not the have nots. You know, they are very well invested in and if you look at the if you look at the standard that they are playing at and the attention that they get, you know, playing at King's home is is no mean feat. If you want to go and open up the AJ Bell Stadium tomorrow, that'll cost you ten grand. That will cost you ten grand to host a game there. So for these big clubs to be opening up their um, uh, their stadiums, it's hell of a thing, hell of a thing. It's well, and then guess, they turn around and say, oh, this, the, the grounds aren't good enough, the pit training's not good enough. Again, I don't, yes, I don't it I, is. I don't
1: know enough about the whole. I yeah. haven't seen the clip, I haven't heard heard it in context. But what just returning back to something we talked about earlier, uh, if there was a have not, um, which the RFU are responsible for now, the championship, the championship,
3: yeah, of, of course, still sharks, right? they Their their women's team, uh, now. Don't get me wrong. The money isn't great, but I don't think the money should be great. I don't think you've got an entitlement to be a professional. But if you play for Sale Shark, Sharks, Sharks, uh, Sharks Ladies, they've got you aground. They've you know their coach is Rachel Taylor, who is the most capped Welsh captain of all. You know, just the most capped Welsh captain. I mean, that's you know, they are looking after that that team incredibly well. So just to, just to downplay it because. That is what is really... That's, that plays really well with the social media types and, you know, everyone who likes to whinge about women's rugby. They should be celebrating it. Well, how about everyone? Come, just, don't, just tell don't, the truth. Or, no, don't well, lie about it. Just tell the truth about
1: it. And and don't go on Twitter. Just, yeah, just come the, off Twitter. You'll be happier. As well. You'll be so yeah, much but happier. But this is
3: on a podcast. You know, it's always a c- come, up, come which you, only, which
1: you only I, Which you only know from Twitter. Yeah. If you're listening to mm-hmm. that, and
3: you're th- you, you would be thinking that... Women's rugby isn't isn't at but if you go down to Talk H on a Sunday and you see the ladies section and the girls section as, as well, and you look at places like Manchester that do a great job, and there these clubs up and down the country, and one of the leading rugby voices is saying not good enough, need to do better, not good enough. It's a lie. I'm, I'm sorry, it's the only thing I can say actually. Okay, well we can always do better
1: uh, with everything and should strive to, but uh, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't so let's celebrate it. You sh- yeah, you shouldn't be down on on things. Well, as long as credit is given where credit's due, then you can.
3: And, and actually, the women's game's done some amazing work. Yeah, and they are, as you pointed out, the best team in the world. They are literally the best team in the world. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's just one of those annoying things. Don't be downplaying things. Well, you've got a podcast where you've been able to say your thing as yeah, well. So, there we go. Mm. is it? By the way, it's not, a lie. it's not a lie. He wasn't lying. It was just a misrepresentation, I think, of the situation.
1: Mm. Different, different opinion. Mm. Different opinions are good. Absolutely. Quins
3: absolutely smashed Newcastle. Caden Murley is the best player ever to play the game of rugby. <laughs> Disagree <laughs> with me. Um,
2: I don't think they smashed Newcastle. They ruined them. It was, it was always... You always knew Quins were going to win. They only scored the four tries... They they should they could have with the amount of possession they had they could have scored a lot more. Part of that is down to Newcastle, who defend they're an organi- organized well organized team at set piece and defence. Part of it is down. Quinn didn't have their best day. Apart from the Hugh Jones try was brilliant from Tommaso Allen. Mm. Caden merely took his try as well from a total of five yards, mm-hmm. and Louis Liner took his try great from I don't know twenty five yards. I
3: think this game was not really about two teams. It was about who is best, Caden Murley or Lewis Liner. And I think, (laughs) on the evidence of this game, it is Caden Murley. Interesting. Definitely. 100%. (laughs) You've got it in for Lewis Liner.
1: Well, I'm just going to refer back to what I said last week. It's, uh, we're we're not, when we say uh, who should be in the international arena, uh, they'd they'd both be worth a look. But uh, it's not, I I actually do think there is something in what Eddie Jones said about test animal. And I gave you the example of Andrew Kellaway. Couldn't even get in the Saints' side. Record-breaking try scorer mm. for Australia. Mm. Well,
3: that whiteboard's not in use now, so we're going to use it to record try scored by uh, Kid Murley versus try scored by Lewis Liner. And who, objectively, by my standard, had the better game each and every week. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see who wins this. We? <laughs> well, it was Murley this week,
2: 2-1.
1: Murley
3: this week, yeah, definitely. Mm. Nice nice little haul, that. Mm. I <laughs> thought the... Um, the first Quinn's try they scored was very neat, a very neat little move.
2: I didn't know Tommaso Allen was that quick. Was that the first one? I was. It was the Hugh Jones. Yes, Hugh Jones. One the was second one. or the the first Kaden Murley Hugh try you are referring to.
3: Now Hugh Jones is going back to Scotland. I I understand. Is that he? Was a rumor? Yeah. Hmm. And I hope he's not because I think he looks nice in that Quinn's team. I think he's the sort of player that suits them. He's a great player for Quinn's.
2: He really is. I mean, they've got Northmore and Marchants who can also make that 13 jersey their own god yeah but he's a very handy player to have around
3: yeah he is because he allows them it's their flexibility that allows him to come in and play because mm. you can move yeah. him to the wing or do whatever really do you know who he reminds me of I don't know where he's gone There might different players but the reason he reminds me of him is because when they signed him it just comes with so much attacking talent talent and promise and I think Hugh Jones is starting to fulfil his but Francis Saili.
2: Say so, Played more of a 12. I don't think he had the feet of Hugh Jones. Oh, I don't know.
3: I thought he was more of a 13. Uh, but he hmm. never played for Quinns. He
2: went to Bearritz, I want to say. Did he? Yeah, I'm sure he's at Bearritz. Because
3: when he came over to Quinns, I thought he was going to be the best signing of the season. He had a
1: really bad injury, didn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was multiple injuries or yeah, one single one, but...
2: Bearritz. Bier- yeah.
3: Well done, Phil. That's, that's, that's Good fun. knowledge. Top knowledge, that.
2: I'm yeah. sure I've got I've got an image in my mind of him with grinder written across his bum.
3: Ah, so I, and staff as well. Staff there, staff advantage. Yeah,
1: um, but Falcons. I mean, you talked about Sale lacking a cutting edge in attack. Newcastle, my word, really struggling. It's not good, with, is
3: it? With the ball,
2: yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't great. I didn't think this was the best game of the weekend. No,
3: no, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about you do some more now. Which is he nailed the, his analysis of them, which was they weren't getting back into shape. They were going side to side. They looked disorganized
2: in attack. Yeah, yeah. I think in defence they're in well li- organised. Yeah. I think in attack they are not well organised. And you've got you've got um, Flood and Burrell, who are very experienced players, not playing. You've got Will Hayden, Young Wood, who is very young and talented, but he's not. He's not controlling that back line as he should do no. right now.
3: And when they... Actually, they did have a little phase where Will Hayden scored. And they looked all right, actually. You know, when they kind of got it together. I wonder if it's a fitness thing more than anything else. They're just not working hard enough.
2: Hard to know. Hard to know. Yeah, but they've, I, they've struggled for quite some time, actually. Haven't they? They've not had a good result in a while.
3: Yeah, I can't confirm this, but I suspect not all is well up in Newcastle. Hmm. I suspect there's a, an undercurrent of something going on there, which is... Which your players are players not enjoying? Mm. Mm. Watch Nod- this space. Who's, who's nodding vigorously but isn't talking? Which, which Monday, one of you two? Monday, which one Phil, of you two? Stop Phil, nodding. Stop, stop nodding. Stop nodding, Phil.
2: Monday morning meetings.
3: Well, no. I don't know. There's a weird one at Newcastle because I don't think DOR is in any danger whatsoever. He is king of the castle there. So if you're not happy, you're going to have to be leaving, I, I would suggest. Mm. I tell you what I don't understand. Why isn't that Schroeder, or whatever his name is, Schroeder? Sh- how you name Schrader. Louis Schroeder. It's not Schroeder. Schrad- Sh- it's a- Man
1: Schroeder. You're Sh- thinking of uh, Game of Thrones.
3: Yeah, Man yeah, <laughs> Mance- yeah. Why is Man Schroeder not getting more time? I love how he plays. I love his pass. I mean, I don't know much about... Oh, we've got an email about this. So, we spe- speculated last week that one of our listeners was a scrum half because of the details that he put into his scrum half. Oh, analysis. we're talking about
1: H- Harry Randall not being quite being fit enough to get around
3: yeah. and get to the breakdowns. He's not a scrum half; he's a fly half. Mm. Mm. But then he follows that up. That makes sense. Yeah. But now he follow, then he follows up with another thing, which is which two positions have the most contentious relationship? So.
1: Uh, hooker, hooker and, uh, yeah, and, hooker and, and loose said lock. Yeah. Yeah, I've, you're
2: jumping whoever's your line-out caller and whoever's your line-out thrower. That's definitely one of
3: them. Uh, props in second rows as, as well.
1: Uh, yeah, props to second rows. Give me more, give me more. Uh, uh, yeah, particularly with um, uh, 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 sort of lower levels when you have more eight picks, classic eight picks. The six eight when you're defending the blind side.
2: Yes. Well, and also the the six always thinks he should be playing eight at the lower level. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I do. And the, and menu. So does the seven, and both second rows. But so, and the loose so, head so, so and the tight head I
1: played a lot six and eight, and uh, and I always used to. If I was the six, I, I would always just say to the eight and make it absolutely clear. And sometimes um, I'm running wide from it. Like it, if if the number eight is going to go, I'm running wide, trying to make the eight step back in to to the uh, eight. Yeah. And, uh, and that also means you're you're yeah. So you're trusting the eight to be inside you and
2: as a defensive line and, and yes, a defensive line. As, yeah.
1: So you're you're getting across to the winger if it's a, an 8, 9, 14 or whatever. But Ooh, um, I like that. But, um, but the number of times where I would do my job by getting off the line, getting out quick and going wide, the 8 would step back in and our number 8 would miss the tackle and then i get bollocks. It's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I used not... to do my head in. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah. They don't get it. No, I did my job.
3: Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I got a really good number 8 tip once from a wily old 8, John Clifford, Biff from Broughton Park. Yeah. And he said, and "I love. I still use this to this day." He said, "Do n- do not bind on the top of the shorts the second row. So you know, you see eights mm. binding on. Right. He said, "Because if you're binding there, and you're going to pick up the ball, you've got to release your hands, and the six looking over you can, can see. see your hands, and then that's yeah, a cue for him. going to go and get bind in between the shorts like that. So it looks odd, but as soon as you, release, you they can't see the release of the hands, binds you mm. the interest of the second. I thought that is smart. That is, that smart. is clever. Yeah." yeah. I like that And, and, and until he's about 38, I think, um, he still had one of the fastest pickup off the bases, not his physical speed, but the time it took him to get the ball off the ground and stop moving. Yeah, like everyone would be like, you, you, Plankers would not even be off their bind by the time he'd got round.
1: So I, I had I had several dust ups with uh, yeah, that, that guy in training. A few like fists were flying.
3: He's broken my nose at least once. Yeah. <laughs> a
1: few uh, and now we are both kind of coaching together. His How are his, you? his son is um his son is uh, the scrum half in our He his our son team. is the scrum half. Yeah.
3: Wow. What's the yeah. extra coach? Is he uh... Yeah he's
1: good. Well ba- basically the the he um and he's one of these proper uh, I I know we're describing someone that people don't know but oh, that's a good point. But but the times when when the team aren't really switched on, they actually go. We need Biff to to talk to us. So he goes in and does his like G up, yeah, and then they go off and play well.
3: Yeah, a lot. uh, Yeah, I can imagine exactly. I know exactly what 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 that's like. Uh, His his most famous speech for Broughton Park. Okay, this is and people come every every club's got one of these. Yeah, yeah. His most famous speech. Well, by the way, he was a very very good talker. Like so, like you say, you need you need someone's G up. He was a man. Well, in this case, he got it horribly wrong. So he gets in in um, in, in into the scrum, and uh, not scrum the huddle, and goes, um, "They're absolute shit, but you're treating them like they're a fucking mini metro." And was what? Do you think that's good? Is mini metro <laughs> your <laughs> <laughs> your measure for good? I think that's
1: the bombshell to to leave this pod. It is. Yeah. We're going, do, we're going to do another
3: would Six was, Nations We'll do a quick pre-
2: Six Nations preview. Where we'll we also discuss. I don't
3: want to do one. Can we do something else instead? Can we go home?
2: Where we'll also discuss Razzy Rasmus' uh, yes. recent article. But it'll be quick, because I've got to be on a train in oh my God. seven hours' time.
1: Oh, Oh, right. OK, we will be quick then. Uh, right, let the boys play. Let the boys play.